You'll go back to being a two-bit nothing. But don't you ever come back here again because I'm too old to waste my time trying to train a no-good loser like you. You bum! Those guys are a bunch of bums. Living? It's a waste of life! Living as a Panther fan is a waste of life. It feels like at this moment. Uh, anyway, welcome to the C3 Panthers post-game show, um, where after every embarrassing loss, we get up here uh, and hang out and uh, just go through the motions of... Would this make us masochists or sadists? Which one is it? We enjoy pain. So we're just going to prolong this awfulness that was the Carolina Panthers lost today in Miami, um, hoping to find OW, something that is as rare as love in this world. It feels like the Panthers go to Miami and get trounced. And uh, Cam Newton was bad. He was awful. Actually, I'll say this. Cam Newton was awful. Matt Fool was awful. Joe Frady was awful. The offensive line is always awful. But the defense continues to be awful. They don't stop anyone. Who do they stop? They don't stop nobody. They're a bunch of bums. But there are some bummed out dudes on this show. But we ain't bums. Cody Lashney, my co-host. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> is it me? me? Uh, listen, if you didn't know before, uh, there is no doubt to be had anymore. The Carolina Panthers 2021 season is officially over. And we're here to do a full diagnostic report. Antonio Dunn already kind of hit on most of it, man. Um, everything that you could possibly imagine that could be wrong with this football team is wrong with this football team. Our head coach is not a good head coach. Our offensive coordinator is not a good offensive coordinator. Our defensive coordinator is not a good defensive coordinator. DJ Moore is not a number one wide receiver. Brian Burns is not a superstar defensive end. Christian McCaffrey is still overpaid. And I'm here to and tell hurt. you. Uh, as as one of the biggest Cam Newton defenders of all time, Cam Newton doesn't have it anymore. And you know what? It pains me. But we're going to be honest about it, and we're going to rip the Band-Aid off, and we're going to do it with the best Panther fans and all of YouTube, Tony Dunn. You know they come here for their weekly therapy session. I'm talking about my man Drew, ATX19, Chris Mortensen, Civic 704 Blue, Doc 381, Eric Morello, Mr. Froth, Pipe Slinger, The Intelligence Community, Tizzy Smith, Tony Dunn. and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. I'm actually marking the time of death as last week when right. Carolina could not get uh, the win at home as Ron Rivera and the Washington football ca team came to town because the inability to seize a moment the inability to catch any momentum just showed that there were more than just pinhole leaks in this team 
but gaping holes that are letting any bit of air out that tried to inflate this balloon or foolish whatever this was from Matt Rule and the Matt Rule experiment. Many of you felt like a simpering, whimpering child lately. I mean, sort of bothered and bewildered. He's a fool and don't I know. He's a fool and don't I know it. CK, Matt Fool, and yep. this Panthers team are a bunch of bums. Bums, man. I, listen, it, and it, it pains as, as much as, you know, co- what Cody had mentioned. It pains me to say, like, I couldn't really tell you, aside from maybe a couple of players, uh, what was a positive on this team today or last week. I mean, like, when you look and, and really see it, and Tony, you touched the, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head last week as well when you said, who have we beaten? Who has our defense really stopped? Like, when you play good offenses that have all of their pieces, like, we haven't done it. Like, we have not stopped a single person. The people we've stopped have been hobbled, have been without coaches, have been less than extraordinary teams. And um, and I'm here to say, like, my like, – Greg is going to sit here on his, like, on his pedestal and say, I've been saying from the get-go, Matt Rule isn't it. I have – I'm starting – like I said, I, I've been on that uh, that train now for a little while, and I'm continuing to be on that train. Uh, Matt Rule – is too wishy-washy. Um, I was talking to Cody about it before we went live. What I feel like Matt Rule is is a quarter or a coach that wants to have an identity but has no idea what he wants it to be. Like no clue. Like I have no idea what he wanted this team to be when he first started. Like and I said like he he talked about he wanted to be a run first type of an offense. Well, the problem is when you put the money and resources into a guy like Teddy Bridgewater and do, then to a guy like Sam Darnold, you're telling us that you don't want to be a ground and pound type of uh, uh, team. Because guess what? If that was the case, you'd go for a dual threat. And then we're we'll throwing to- it on two out of three uh, plays to start this game. Bro, oh, this, this game was just absolutely horrendous. Like the play calling, like even when it was creative, it was predictable. Like it just it's. I, I hate to say it, DJ Moore, you talk about him, like it felt like every one of his routes were being run for him. Um, you know, even yes. when you you one of those interceptions, right? Um, and I think that's a direct reflection of Joe Brady. If he's a passing game coordinator for LSU and you want to talk about how he was great out there, and and like our passing game is absolutely garbage. Our routes are not scaring anybody. Um, and it like we literally had like Cam Newton, like uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and defend Cam Newton, but when you look at it, it was a comedy of errors. Everything happened after, like, either he was pressured or after a big hold where he was forced to throw the ball. That's still on him. A lot of these interceptions are still his fault. But I think when you saw P.J. You know, Walker come in, you saw exactly the same struggles that you ha- had with Cam Newton. There might have been a little bit more fire involved, but you got to keep in mind these this defense that they were facing was playing a lot more, you know, prevent as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. That, that pressure all the time. So oh, even if you want to talk about that last drive, PJ Walker was just at the benefit of having nobody in his face to throw, you know, the entire game. Cam Newton was constantly under duress. Um, he was constantly inaccurate when he wasn't under duress. Um, it was just, uh, it was, it was depressing. It was depressing because this was a game that you, you mark on the calendar as a win. And uh, you know, we weren't able to do it. I tell you, Greg's a bigger man than that though. He's not going to come on here and tell you, uh, not only that word that he was right, he will mention that, that I'm sure. 
but he always said it's gonna hurt if it's true that i'm right yeah you know and greg it is hurting it is hurting right now to see a team that looks out of sorts from top to bottom disheveled and something that frankly we didn't look like last year Mm-hmm. It's just like penalty machines, mistake machines, not playing good football at any at any place. I don't mm-hmm. know one area where the Panthers look good, Greg. No, I 100% agree, man. Uh, you know, Rat Mule, uh, Matt Fool, or whatever you want to call them. Guys, I got plenty of room on this hill. Like Cody says, that's been my hill I've been standing on, and I invite anybody who wants to come on it with me. And it sounds like the population is growing. Brothers um, in arms, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm right you. by you. Everything about this this game was pathetic. It was an embarrassment to watch. It looked horrible. I can't by any means defend Cam Newton. You know I'm a huge Cam Newton lo- lover, but I, I just can't can't do it for this game, man. He, he had a horrible game. Uh, maybe not everything was his fault, but there were a lot of things that yeah. were his fault. You know, um, And I see people in the chat room talking about he's a veteran, should be able to improvise. Agreed. And you, you can't improvise when you're, you're given absolutely nothing in front of you to protect you. You really can't. You look at some of those plays, man, and the offensive line is getting bumped and falls down. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely nobody blocked them. They had three guys in the backfield at the point of, you know, the handoff. Like, there's just there, – there's nothing that anybody could do. Proof – pays in point, they put P.J. Walker in, he looked just as bad, if not worse. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. so, I mean, it, it w- that's the only defense I can have for Cam is that you have nobody in front of you. But at the same time, when he did have the opportunity to play well, he had a lot of missed throws. He, he, he wasn't hitting his marks. There were a few drop passes, but it just wasn't a good game all around for anybody. The, I'm so tired of, of, of announcers talking about Carolina Panthers being the number one passing defense. I have not in the last five, six games seen the Carolina Panthers look anything like the number one passing defense. No, not at it, all. It, they look horrible. I haven't seen them look good at anything on yeah. defense, really, yeah, and, to be and honest. I, so I'm I'll be the first to say it too, guys. I said it in the in the in the in the you know group chat. Dante Jackson is not it. I he was playing okay, and you got to keep in mind when he was playing good, he was playing against nobody receivers, right? When he's gone up against elite receivers, he has not done shit. I gave him his kudos when he was playing well. He has been playing like garbage. He has been absolutely a liability in this team for the past three, if not four weeks. Even if you want to take into consideration some of the wins we've had, like he had one interception and that was an overthrow that was thrown right into his lap. Um, Kudos to him for catching the ball, but Dante Jackson is a problem. Um, Our passing defense and the fact that Phil Snow in this defense is not putting Stephon Gilmore on the number one wide receiver still is absolutely insane. The, The hysterical thing about it is Gilmore's wife is constantly talking shit about how Gilmore isn't on the number one wide receiver when he should be. And every time... Dante Jackson is getting burned and getting burned and getting burned. G-Baby is going to be calling in, wanting to defend Dante Jackson. If you look at the play for the last three weeks, Dante oh. Jackson does not deserve a contract, period. Yeah, I think we're finding out the hard way that a lot of people on, on, our, uh, on our roster don't deserve a new contract. Listen, right. today, today was the deciding factor for me. I don't care what the quarterback position has been like for the Panthers. I am not signing DJ Moore to some big, rich, expensive contract. I'd rather take a take a chance on another uh, receiver in the uh, second or third round in the draft. And listen, can we talk about the Cam Newton wait, thing? Wait, wait, you mean like you did uh, with Terrence Marshall Jr., who was a yeah, exactly, fresh day? Exactly oh, wait. Like yeah. And, and oh, listen, that's uh, also a knock. Man, how the hell is this guy not even – uh, cracking the roster at all. Well, I, and you know what I think it is, and I think it's what we really have to admit. 
these coaches are not it. There has been enough right. time for us to be able to say that David Tepper fumbled the fucking bag. He went out and got a, a head coach from college who was not prepared and still isn't prepared. The fact that they want to play Brady Christensen as a fucking guard over a tackle makes my cripple ass want to do a fucking backflip, dude. It is the <laughs> dumbest shit in the world. And it means that we have a coach that does not know how to manage the talent on its roster. And it's terrible, man. And it's terrible. And, you know, a lot of people are putting a lot of the blame on Cam Newton or they're saying that, oh, Cam didn't have the chance. Look, Cam Newton isn't going to be the answer. Because even if Cam Newton could get better in this offense, he doesn't have the offensive line to do it. He doesn't have the time to get on, on track with the receivers for anyone in this organization to feel comfortable with signing Cam Newton to an extension after this year. Uh, I'm sorry, Cam Newton is snake bitten at this point. It doesn't change how much I love him. It doesn't change how much he has done for the franchise. But Cam Newton is not the answer either. Yeah. And, and uh, it's looking like the Panthers have to restart a brand new rebuild because the first time we went through it, everything that we could have done wrong, we did wrong. Mm -hmm. We've missed rebuilding three times. Yep. Can you, can you believe that? And it's only been one and a half years and we've missed the rebuild three times. We missed the rebuilds by going out there last year and trying to make this team win, win right? I mean, you, you get the bridge quarterback. Really, I mean, we missed it when we should have just let Cam play out his final year, let him get hurt, let the truth happen, if if that's the case, if he really is spent. Right now, I frankly think is that his uh, this, he's not as strong of a thrower, clearly. Right. But I don't think he has a... I don't think he has the in like the lack of an arm strength to play, right? I think it's just going to be a little bit different type of game. Yeah. I think right now is that Cam is always um, kind of overcompensated for not anticipating routes and things like that by throwing. He has always had to throw to like to an open receiver. He had to see him get open, and he was able to use that blistering rocket of a cannon to make it get there without no defender being able to yeah, make a play on it. Yeah, yeah. But now you know, I'm saying that he's not going to be able to play like he doesn't that anymore. Have that rocket, he doesn't. And I like everybody wanted to comment on that 67 yard uh, deep deep ball. That still came out real slow. Like it was not going down the field very quickly. I think like part it, of it is because he's so tall and he's got a long throwing motion, so it's kind of like a violent. But it, you know what like, I'm saying? If you look at what he did when, he, like, before you know we were noticing his his arm, you know, his shoulder issues and whatnot. Like he, it always felt like dead ball had zip. You saw PJ Walker come out there and throw that one deep ball. It got to the receiver super quick. I feel like the ball travels so slow. Uh, in the air when Cam Newton's throwing the ball. Like I, I mentioned it last year and, and there were a lot of people who disagreed with me, you know, when Cam was on the Patriots, I did not feel like Cam had the same arm. Like he doesn't. Um, I did. Does that no, mean but it's not good, spent but... spent though. Like I don't look right. at him and go, it's man, not. the guy like you can't, like he can't play anymore. You're I don't believe that. Right. You're absolutely right. So, but essentially outside to take away his athleticism as a runner, like Cam Newton is Teddy Bridgewater then. Right. right. No, throwing. that's exactly right. So here is this is where we've lost the the rebuild. And this is where David Tepper has fumbled this. Matt Rule has fumbled this. 
-hmm. Everybody has fumbled like, uh, oh, my gosh. All right, so we missed it with um, not keeping Cam in that final year, just $20 million. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. If he sucks, he sucks. And then we go into the draft with a good pick. So somehow we go and win five games last year and look semi-competent. And in this draft, not only do we lose the game or win a game that took us out of contention for the top flight picks, on top of that, two or three qu- two quarterbacks fell, surprisingly, to seven where we were at, and there was an opportunity for us to rebuild then. Or if you didn't want to rebuild that way, you should have rebuilt with this offensive line. And I'm sorry. I know you guys are going to come down. As, look, I don't care if J.C. Horn's going to be great yet. It still doesn't matter that there's other parts of the team that are so important exactly. still suck. So then it looks like this whole you go and do the Darnold thing. You miss on that. Everything's a disaster. So you've missed twice now. And then you go and bring in Cam Newton and try to make something like we were right there in the kind of in the running again. We should have like almost just called it earlier. Just gone with PJ for the rest of the year. But no. And now where are we going to be at? Now, next year, we're going to have to go. Arguably, Matt Rule will be fired now. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, right, right now, every day that we inch backwards, we inch yep. closer. We take a step forward towards the end of Matt Rule. Because every, at what point do you say, hey, you. we're going to extend this experiment, Cody? I want to hear from David Tepper. I want to hear from David Tepper. I think that he needs to answer for all this. Because, hey, the song remains the same. He has his fingerprints on everything. Like, listen, there are a lot of, uh, even still, a lot of Cam Newton defenders in the chat room and on Twitter saying, what did you expect from Cam Newton behind this offensive line? Sure, and that, sure. And, that, and that's a, uh, that is a legitimate criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like all everything that happened in the past two weeks was all just like window dressing. Enough yeah. for us to forget how fucking terrible this offensive line is and how yeah. it has been so completely mismanaged when rebuilding it. And how well, is this? it bad or is it mismanagement, Cody? Because right now, Dennis Daly, uh, uh, Trent Scott is terrible. Trent Scott, yes. you put you put Trent Scott back in, we got worse. As soon as yes. Trent Scott came into the lineup, and I guess who's the other guy? The Jordan Miller, all of them. They're like they're, these guys are fucking horrendous, dude. Bums. Bumps. And why is it that even after Dennis Daly gets completely smoked, gives up a sack on Cam Newton on a big time third down, they have Brady Christensen at guard next to him? I'm sorry. And it's so dumb, dude. Brady Christensen is not a guard. And a man who has paid millions of dollars to be an NFL head coach doesn't know this. After Brady Christensen gave... His best performance as a left tackle last week, Matt Rule says, nah, I'm going to go with Dennis Daly. Even though he, can, he continues to get our quarterback killed, continues to get hurt. I mean, what kind of NFL knowledge does Matt Rule have, man? And that's Mine. why I'm on, I'm on that hill with Bat Daddy, man. And Matt Rule needs to be fucking fired. And the fact that David Tepper chose him over an Eric Big Enemy is absolutely pathetic. 100% agree. He looks absolutely lost out there. And it's not just him. The entire coaching staff does, guys. Like, I, replacing these guys is unquestionable now. Like, there, there's no question that that they, they've they lost the team. And that's the problem, is they've lost the confidence. No, nobody on the team, I think, wants to follow them anymore. Right. 
Really, oh, they, don't, they, they don't look like they're motivated to play football or win games. I agree. You know, I think you a know? caller called in one time uh, where someone in the chat room said this. I think it was a caller one night. They said, we we look like we got a lot of talent, but they don't play as a team out there. No. Um, and I feel like the defense is starting to kind of become unraveled with this. Look, we're going to get to – I want to try to orderly go through the game uh, and get to some calls. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts on Cam's performance with a – someone wrote in the chat like a eight-passer rating yeah, uh, or good. something like that. Uh, but uh, it, this turned out to be far worse than – Rusty Cam, worse than old Cam. This was deflated Cam as it became apparent that this was um, a collapse. It was a collapse. All right, let's start with the beginning of the game. You know, uh, the Carolina Panthers come out and force a punt. Um, and they go on a five-play drive. And before we completely put everything on Cam Newton, um, and even on this offensive line, before we get to that point, uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, move, try to move down the field. Two incomplete passes, I believe, to DJ Moore on that drive. Two drops. Um, Two drops. Then you get a penalty or something like that, and uh, we're backed up all of a sudden in a punt block with a free guy, a free dude just walked through yeah. um, on what continues to be – So I think special teams on this season has just been a, a disaster like everything else. Um, for the last couple of weeks, it hasn't looked as awful and greatly because Zane Gonzalez has become Been a consistent part of it. But if we look at this punt returner dude who fair catches everything, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know if he's doing the right thing or not, but he's certainly not ever running with the ball in a positive manner. Um, on top of that, we allow a punt block for a touchdown right there. The Panthers start off in a hole, but respond by tying it up with um, a touchdown drive that inclu included a DJ Moore deep ball, right? What'd you say it was? 47 yards or something like that? 67 or something. Yeah, 67, really yeah. yeah. And, you know, is, is look, is that if Cam can play that way and throw that again, that's where I'm saying, like you're saying, he's a mobile Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and, but he's not at this point because then things unraveled as Cam Newton started to turn the ball over. Um, and some of that we've touched on. So, guys, at this point, though, the Carolina Panthers are down, I believe, 14-7. And people are already marking them for dead because then the defense started to get picked apart. And uh, right when it looks like things are going to go terrible at the end. Actually, it did all look terrible as Carolina tries to take a bunch of timeouts um to i thought show some backbone and get the offense out there one last time uh to end the half then i think we had the hassan reddick taunting penalty yeah that was I, I, the by the way the refs in this game were absolutely dog bad dog and like shit. big and game-changing things and it's not even yeah. like i mean the taunting penalty like i need them to go on the camera and show me what he like it better be like I think taunting needs to be called when it's like excessive. But that's the thing is they're they're doing it for anything. I mean, they had a skit on Fox uh, for their pregame just about how like how funny they are with the taunting. Like the taunting is literally becoming an issue to where you can't even celebrate anymore. Um, and you feel like it's like it's one one team. But here's the problem I have right now is 
Um, you look at the holding calls that were not holding calls. Like uh, as much no. as we wanted to shit talk our offensive line, those holding penalties got, were not got hurt. holding penalties. And that bad point, you know what I'm saying? On positive yeah. plays, one was a good pl- pass play up the side. I think another was a big run that was called back. It's Chuba Hubbard run. That that big sixty yard gainer that that uh, Hassan Reddick was held on that they didn't make a phone. Like it, it was much more clear than the other stuff. And Hassan Reddick didn't get a call on that. Like, and you see our our offensive line getting the calls that they were. It was just absolute garbage the entire thing. Um, and it just it it was like I said, it was a bad game. It was tough to watch that game. Like I literally stayed off Twitter after the second half, um, or during the second half because I was just like, I'm tired of just like every tweet is negative. Like Joe Brady is not it. You know, we see the refs. Like I, I even t- added the NFL officiating because I said like this entire year with every single game have been hot garbage. Like it has not been, it has been one of the worst years from an officiating standpoint that I think I've ever experienced. Like, and there's been bad years. Don't get me wrong. But this year, when you watch all the games, not even just for us, like other teams, it's just really bad and it's irritating. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of these things where uh, we were playing two different teams. It was the officials and the, uh, and unfortunately the, but, even still, I never blame the officials. It, it, it wasn't the officials' fault that on our opening drive, DJ Moore drops two right. beautiful passes, two passes. That, that that are put right on the money. Okay, that that isn't their fault. Uh, you right. know, then uh, they, we get a punt blocked. That goes for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, even when they do decide to run him, they're throwing the football, having no success. Cam is throwing interceptions. Oh, and then how about that? That first, uh, that first interception. I don't care if you want to put all the blame on Cam Newton. It wasn't a good throw, but DJ Moore was not open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not maybe Cam play. should. And Cam certainly shouldn't have thrown that ball. But DJ, well, Moore even the second is, one, I felt like DJ not, stumbled and should have been fighting in that route a little bit more, and it'd be at least just a drop. He's soft, Tony. DJ Moore is soft as a fucking marshmallow. And it is what what it is, man. He does. Before we move on from the refs, Cody, though, is that I know. Look, I'm not blaming the loss on the refs. It was too bad of a loss to be on the refs. But let's not act like some of those plays aren't momentum, game play, game changing type of calls. That first hold that was on Michael Jordan, which was one of the smallest, most technical and like holds if you looked in the play like the rule book you could ever imagine a ref calling that's the one that backed us up i believe for the the block field i, I mean the block right that leads to this and then you get another hold that where you get cam trying to get down and get some momentum we get a positive play come back again all right both on offense offensive sides of the ball that then lead to points for the other team now on top of that you look on the other side where the defense, who is having a tough day as it is, Hassan Reddick gets two calls. Now, I didn't see the taunting. I wanted him to go back and show what he did. I don't know if it was a taunting call or not. I don't know if it was a good call or a bad call. Right? There's like no – I mean, we just didn't just see anything. They didn't. They just said taunting. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but the first one, that that when they called roughing the passer, was that on burn? That was on Reddick, too. And that yeah, won't know rough in the passer, bro. No, I'm sorry. No, but, that is actually the, the least. Why- like, he pulled up. He did everything they teach you to do. I don't want to hear none of that. So, look, the refs were influential in the game. Mm-hmm. But and they Cam weren't more was influ- bad. 
they weren't more influential than the Panthers absolutely sucking a dick. And no, like no, you're right. You're right. I'm not saying they weren't. I'm not saying they were. I'm just saying that we have to acknowledge that in those moments where the Carolina Panthers could have maybe found some life, they ran into some other adversity. On top of that, as we finish that final half, the Panthers look like they're about to be left for dead 21 to what? Uh, seven. And the Dolphins are driving down to put up another field goal. The botch snap. Frankie Louvu picks it up, runs down, and somehow he gets down. And Matt Rule's the only person in the world that noticed that there was still one, one second, second on the clock. On the and clock. then the refs come out and go, wait a second, wait a second, as everybody heads into the locker room. Zane Gonzalez comes up and puts up three. But look, by that point, we're down 11. Yeah. We're down 11, and it's been terrible. Mm-hmm. You've had bad calls against you. You've had turnovers. You've had bad defensive play, and then you come out after the half and you play even worse. You Oh, oh, you're surprised they're just up, and then they go up whatever they are, six more points because they missed an extra point, and then you're surprised they run the ball on you, and then they run and run and run all over you. That's when it got ugly. But we were only down 11, homie, at the half. That's not bad. But we already knew. And Tony, I saw right. you on Twitter. You were trying to be the, hey, we're still in it. We're only down 10 points. We can come back. Let's go, team. No, dude, people already know who these Panthers are, man. Right. Like, the illusion has been blown. Their cover is blown. Our coaches are in over our heads. More importantly, our coaches put our players in a disadvantageous position. Dennis Daly was always going to fail. Matt Rule not knowing about it means his ineptitude played a part in the offensive line getting worked today. John Miller, uh, uh, Matt Rule putting him in, played a part in the offensive line getting worked today. All of it, man. Even even Cam Newton. If you want to say that, yeah, Cam wouldn't have ever been good behind this offensive line, fine. But maybe if Cam Newton had been on the team before the season started, maybe he would have been in a rhythm. Maybe he wouldn't be trying to find it. Maybe he would in the, the middle of the NFL. Yeah, in the middle of the NFL season, and he's having to learn everything on the fly. Like, no, it's not fair to Cam. It's not fair to anyone. But our coaches and the decision makers on this football team put everyone in this position, mm-hmm. and for that, they deserve to be fired. Because even if this wasn't a Super Bowl squad. It damn sure wasn't supposed to be this fucking bad. Right. And this sucks, too, because I I hope everybody's ready for the next at least two years. It being really bad because we've got to rebuild the coaching staff and we've got to attempt to rebuild the offensive line before we think about going anywhere else. And that means that if we get it right in the next two years, we can start moving on. There's there's no possibility we may even get it right in the next two years. Right. But we may be looking at a long time of us being a pretty mediocre team. Right. Yeah. And now we're back to hoping that a quarterback either falls to us in the draft or this team that has less money than it did before and less draft picks than it did before. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that we're going to shield out for another uh, disgruntled quarterback that comes from somewhere else that either doesn't want to be at the team that they're at or has fucking 22 sexual misconduct charges against them. Welcome back to five weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelts. 
Oh, by the way, we've also missed like uh, uh, a a few different donations here. I want to shout out real quick. One, Sarah Taylor, the lovely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We definitely appreciate you. Um, Let me bring it back up. My computer freaked out. Fire Matt Rule, rebuild the coaching staff. Uh, Yeah, that's that seems like everybody can pick up what you're putting down. Uh, Nineteen BHF. With the five dollars, is David Tepper learning? Not just anybody can coach in the NFL. The GM looked at this O line and quarterback during the draft and said, "Nah, we're good." And that's a great point. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. When all of the decision makers have made the uh, the decisions to put us in this precarious situation that we're in right now. That's the unsettling part about it. And this is really where we felt just before Cam was re-signed in Arizona. Somehow we got a win in Arizona. And isn't it insane that we have five wins this year with this team? Yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind we started out three, right? Yeah. I know. That's insane in its own right. Yeah. Looking at this team at this point, just the fact that you could even win one game with a team like this. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah, the I Cam, mean, Cam, see, and this is why, again, this is why after, um, it was after that Patriots game, man, I said when people were saying, remember we went on debate my take and we were had the debate if we should bring Cam in and then the next day they brought him in and I said they should not, will, will could not, will not, or whatever I had my little stick was, is that the should not was at this point we're so bad, it's time, you know, like, I mean, what's it really going to do? And on top of that, what do we want to? I want to just keep putting Darnold in, injured or not, and just go ahead and tank. Tank, not tank. tank. I mean, but you know what? Is it tanking when you're bad? It's not tanking. You're just playing the players you got. Just tell him to go ahead and try his best. Give it your best, buddy. You know. I know. I mean, like <laughs> I didn't even want us to put in PJ because we might fuck around and win a game, mm-hmm. and then you go and win against Arizona and trying to tell us that we're going to try to make a playoff push. Which I yeah. told you, I didn't want to hear no playoff talk until we get a W. I just want to get a win. I don't even care if it's ugly. Shit the bed with Washington. Then this mess. Right now, is that right? Is I, I want to know, is there an argument to keep this staff? Is there a reasonable, plausible argument to to extend the shelf life of Matt Rule? No. I mean, no, there really isn't. Because you're not even seeing progression. How about this? I think last year's Carolina Panthers might be better than this year's Carolina Panthers. Oh, I know they were. They were more competitive. Okay, so then if your team took a backslide from your head coach who was a rookie last season and they're worse this year with another offseason with a round of free agency, you've brought in more at the defensive back, uh, you brought in Cam Newton as a free agent, you had your choice of quarterback, and Sam Darnold, yeah, what there isn't an argument to be made for why Matt Rule should continue to be with this football team any longer. The real question is, Tony, does Mr. Big Brass Balls David Tepper have enough balls to do what he needs to do and start this process now? Because then that would have to mean that he has to admit that he fucked it up, that he got this wrong, and he got egg on his face, and now he has to start all the way over. I tell you one thing is um, I've only been through 
At this point, I've only been through one coaching change on this podcast, right? But we've seen some regime changes in our time. And what I mean by that is uh, Dave Gettleman coming in. I was around for that. Um, Dave Gettleman leaving and Marty Herney coming back. I was around for that. Ownership change. We've been around for that on the podcast. Then we went into the coaching change. And the one thing that I've seen in these changes, guys, The one characteristic that you have to get right is not be too late. Yes. Right? Too late on not only the decision, but when to enact the decision. If you're going to fire Matt Rule in December or January, it's not a terrible idea to go ahead and start thinking about firing those guys sooner. And what I mean is you don't want to be the last person to give the interviews. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to be first person to get my guy, not leftover table scraps, kind of like what even Cam Newton is when it comes to the quarterback part of this year, is that if we are going to move on, it's better to know you're going to do it now and be talking with Fitterer and maybe saying at the end, like the day after the season ends, done. You know, But I don't want us to mosey on with a month going by and then making a decision. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, we've been revisiting this because we just played the Washington football team with our former head coach, Ron mm-hmm. Rivera. And a lot of people after the uh, Washington beat us are like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have fired Ron Rivera. Bruh, bruh, bruh. And one of the things I said on Twitter was, no, it was Ron Rivera's time to go. Yep. But you can also say that we didn't get his replacement that we right. didn't make the correct decision. Mm-hmm. And it appears that now both of those things were true. Ron Rivera needed to be fired, and we messed up the head coaching hire. When it comes to Ron Rivera, though, like uh, we should have fired Ron Rivera at the end of that 2018 season instead of waiting into 2019. I think there were like three or four games left in the season when we decided to fire Ron Rivera. Yeah. So again, after, it's we, get, after we lost to the Redskins. It's what you're talking yeah. about, Tony. Uh, David Tepper has been a day late, dollar short. This billionaire has been a day late, dollar short on every major decision that he has had to make with the Carolina Panthers. Before we go forward, two donations. Corey Bromberg says probably $5. Bringing in Cam was enough to prove that Tep made a mistake. I honestly think he is beyond his pride now and will make make the call to fire rule. Maybe so. That would certainly surprise me if it happened. And once again, um, 19 EHF says you go for the bargain basement guys in free agency, you get below average play. It's possible rule and company. Is it possible rule and company can't evaluate talent? And my man, I would say that's evident. Yeah, not that, is on, that is on display at quarterback. That is on display on our offensive line, uh, where we have a potential really good uh, left tackle that they refuse to play. And how about this, man? Roosevelt Mongo with the pretty purple $50 Ooh. love wow. bomb. Hey, you know what? Forget the Panthers lost. We're feeling good because of you, Roosevelt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, 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 we never asked for it. We always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Roosevelt says, I've always said it. 
David Tepper only bought this team so he can tell his billionaire friends that he owns an NFL franchise. He has no passion for this team, and it shows by his actions. The generosity in the chat room is overwhelming, and uh, it is overwhelming in spite of an underwhelming performance by the right. Carolina Panthers. Uh, so we appreciate that. Like Cody said, we never asked for it, but we do appreciate it. One thing we do ask for is your support with a single thumbs up button, a subscribe and a share. Tell your friends that this is the place to come sit around the share circle and share your feelings. Uh, hi, I'm Tony Dunn and I am a Panthers fan. It's a 12 step process at this point and every step gets harder and harder. We take two steps forward. We go two steps back, but we do it together. So go ahead and smash that thumbs up button and uh, CK. Why don't we shame some fools? Ladies and gentlemen, we have just been disappointed by the Carolina Panthers again, but you've come here for your therapy session. And you said, I don't care what the Panthers did. I'm here to celebrate my fan, my family, the C3 Panthers family. But you haven't hit that like button yet. Why? This is your subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 175 people watching. 77 thumbs up. Hit the like button, man. You know you're going to have more fun hanging out with us, bullshitting about us, listening to us tell you how bad this team is than you actually did watching the Carolina Panthers get destroyed by the Miami Dolphins. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that like and subscribe for every single time your boys go live. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Tell us, is Matt Rule a fool? Does Phil drool, full Phil Snow drool? And who the hell is Joe Frady of? He's afraid of everybody. We want to hear your thoughts about the Carolina Panthers, particularly going forward, because looking back, it's just like a nightmare. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a this is Kevin from Charleston. Man, I don't know what to say anymore. Fuck Matt Rule. Fuck Joe Brady. Trade Chris McCaffrey. Trade Brian Burns. Trade every fucking buddy. And do a <laughs> proper fucking rebuild. Like, seriously. We have no traffic to do a rebuild. Fix this. I, I don't even know how. How can you fix this? Like it's ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm, I'm about to sell my tickets to the Atlanta game. Why would I? Because I got it for my birthday. Why would I waste my fucking birthday watching this shit team? Why would I spend money on this shit team? This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Trade everybody. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Christian McCaffrey, Brian Burns, Garrett Brown, Jeremy Chan. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? They don't mean wins. Trade them all. Do a fucking proper rebuild. Peace. Let's keep going through mm-hmm. the calls. Auburn. Hey, podcast brothers, how y'all doing? Man, this was a horrible ass fucking game. 
it was it was horrible, man. Something got to change, man. I said this before. Something has to fucking change, man. I know Cam was off just a little bit. He had that one good drive and he scored and everything. He threw through two interceptions and we had a block punt, you know, which gave you know Miami seven damn points. Come on now, y'all. Something has to fucking change, man. Something has to fucking change. I, I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I really don't. Because we have a better team than Miami. Everybody knows that shit. Everybody knows that shit. And Christian, like, rolled his damn ankle. Was like, this dude is like, cannot stay fucking healthy, man. We paid this dude all this damn money. He's like, come on now, y'all. And every time we was doing good, there's a false start. Or it was some bullshit-ass fucking call, man. I'm glad that next week is a bye week, you know, and I still want us to clinch a wild card for how it looks now. I don't know, fellas. I don't know, y'all. Sanders is still the damn team, though. It's still my team, baby. Carolina on top forever, man. Keep pounding. What Keep pounding. needs to change, and the probably the word is like everything, like the previous caller said, is that um, right now it just uh, it doesn't seem like it's one thing. Um, right. And then you're going to have so many free agents coming up. It's going to be kind of a different team on defense again to a certain, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess you get Brian Burns for another year. Just make him play another year. Okay. No big deal. Um, you got some of those young guys on defense you can build around, but, you know, you're going to have all new linebackers. Hassan Reddick, you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. If you're going to, I mean, and the question is, is does having him and this outside linebacker as who's always a pass rushing Rusher, does it weaken you against the run? Um, there's a lot of question marks with extending those guys. And then the question is, is who's going to make those decisions to extend them? Is that going to be Matt Rule with Scott Fitter, or is that going to be a new coaching staff? Um, the one, isn't this the sad part about the Cam Newton thing for me? Is uh, Look, is Cam Newton play bad today, right? And I love how people always come on and they say, all right, can't wait for the professor to defend Cam Newton. Right, can't wait for him to defend Cam Newton. Uh, I, you know what? I could defend him right now. I could say this is he's put in a very difficult position. Um, he played all right at uh, to start and wasn't helped out by his teammates. Wasn't helped out by the offensive line. Then threw two boneheaded picks, but somehow we're still in this game. But it didn't matter because the team as a whole started to stink beyond just Cam Newton's play. I could say things like that, but really, what I'm gonna say is. <sighs> This is why I didn't even really want to go with Cam again. You know, right. like, I couldn't even get amped up about going with Cam in the in the very beginning. I mean, it's like, yes, I had to be happy that Cam is in Carolina. Like, that always would make me happy. Yeah. Here, here we go again. Here we go, as already, is Cam's career, are we going to watch it just die in front of us? Is it going to be a last hurrah? And now I'm even asking the meanest question ever, Coney. And that is the ten million dollars or whatever we're paying him. Is that eating into our free agency money next year? Yeah. Like, is that chipping away at the rollover money? That's what I'm sitting here thinking. And the fact and, that we did it so late too, it chips yeah. away at that money when we still need a bunch of other positions. Well, so and you now keep you in just mind, chipped good, away at it for no reason. A good portion of that ten million is based on incentives. That, like, if he's a Super Bowl MVP, right? I think you're getting like that, six. You know? I think he gets um, six million. Yeah, Guaranteed. but it's still a problem when you think about how much we're, you know, paying quarterbacks this year, you know, and, and the quarterback play that we're getting is just 
absolutely horrendous. Like we are not getting a return on investment. Honestly, we've been, like I said, I mentioned before, we've been buying high and selling low for far too, you know, far too long in the middle of a rebuild. Like, um, and here's the thing is like, they, the, the problem I have with the way that this coaching staff went about immediately. Like, if you think about it, if you look back at the, the first year that uh, Matt rule took over, he said, he, he made the statement. We're not in a rebuild. We're just retooling. We're, we're in, you know, we're, Sounds we're like a Ron Rivera yeah. statement, right? Mm. We're not rebuilding. And, and so they, they made all the moves to try to make it seem like they're not rebuilding. They went out and signed Robbie Anderson. They went out and signed Teddy Bridgewater. They went out and got, uh, you know, some of these guys in free agency that made you really believe that they were trying to make a push to be a good team on that first year. And then they did the same thing this year. They have yet to actually do a true rebuild. Like outside of maybe trying to rebuild the defense, they haven't done anything. Like look, look at the like what outside of the 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 defense, what have they done as a rebuild? What has been the rebuild process? Well, and mm-hmm. it's not that they Nothing. haven't tried to rebuild. It's that the people that they have put in charge of the rebuild have failed to rebuild. You know, they actually I, made some significant steps, Cody, in rebuilding with that defense by going from old to young very quickly, right? right. Like, I mean, like that was is the fact that we have a defense that can be com- that we thought was good this year in its own way shows that there was some sort of build that could have been happening. But by going out and getting Cam, by trading for Darnold, by doing the Bridgewater, by signing Robbie, by doing all these things that are like you're trying to plug holes in the boat with your fingers. And every time you plug, pull a finger out, another hole comes out. And right, and you're trying to plug them all. And you didn't ever just go and patch the fucking hole to begin with. Right. And that's where the Cam Newton and the money thing, Cody, kind of not the money thing. I mean, I know it's not a lot, but again, we are just sinking assets into a, a wasted fund. Now we we went from per, being two years ago projected this year to have a lot of cap money because a lot of dead money would be coming off the books. Mm-hmm. We then celebrated Scott Fitter for acquiring draft picks, moving back and doing all of this. And somehow we went from being positioned to having money and draft picks yep. to now having probably no money. I bet when we get there, a ton of free agents, no draft picks and no fucking plan. Next few years. Yeah. Like I said, no plan. and then now the, and it, it goes back to what we were saying the first time that we got down on this football team. There is no end in sight to this. That is the 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 repercussions. Like that's that's the repercussions of failing to rebuild. Is now we don't have the money. Now we don't have the draft picks. And now what you have to do is you have to spend either more money on the position regardless Mm -hmm. because Cam Newton only signed a one-year deal. So either you're going to re-sign Cam Newton again at the end of this year, which, by the way, whether you love it or hate it, it's going to be very uh, controversial no matter what Mm because we don't think that we're going to have enough evidence to see from Cam Newton this year that he's going to be able to hold that job. So people are going to doubt that. But then let's say you don't resign Cam Newton. Okay, are we back to hoping on Sam Darnold? Like, what the fuck are but we talking about, stuck. man? You should have just stuck with where you're at. Again, this goes back to not addressing the main problems. And even in the wake of Cam Newton, when we moved on from Cam Newton, it showed just a continued plug, temporary plug. We patched the holes. We did the little rubber patches when we needed to fix it. 
And here's the thing is, even if you want to say, look, um, you could, you didn't, you didn't have to draft a quarterback this year, right? Or the past year. You're right. You didn't have to do that. You didn't even have to sign Jason. If we didn't win against that Washington team, right? Last year, we could have had that top three pick. And if you were too scared and too pussy to pull the trigger on the player that you really think you were going to do, you could have traded back. Mm -hmm. You could have traded back with San Francisco and gotten more picks. And then you could have accelerated the rebuild instead of, all right, now we got a corner at seven because we're too scared to address uh, the offensive line. We're too scared to dress a quarterback. But then you had to go, like you could have uh, acquired picks and you could have run it again like that. You could just run the shit with damn PJ Walker at that point. Yep. But no, you bring in Sam Donald. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough stuff. Tough sledding uh, when you watch. Again, this is why you don't trust that people who have power should be in power. Question that, folks. The people that have power don't always deserve the praise and the confidence that we heap upon them. Mm-hmm. 252-228-5098. Hey, um, this is Kenneth. Um, I'm just, I'm not upset at all, uh, really. I should be, maybe, but I told him on Friday free for all that this would happen. Um, um, we, our head coaches is not a qualified NFL coach. Um, our owner should have saw that ahead of time. Maybe he did and he listened to Marty Meatballs. I don't know, but either way, it don't work. Um, Phil Snow. Is a great defensive coordinator if all you want to do is blitz. Um, but good NFL coaches can see through that and figure it out in a short time. I don't even know this if it's him, though. I think um, our players just aren't playing the, well on defense. Yeah. Joe Brady. I still like Joe Brady, but he he ain't getting nothing here, and we ain't getting nothing from him. So whatever he wants to do, he needs to do. Um, and if David Tepper doesn't do this, we will – do this at the end of this year we will see the same exact thing next year and no i hope this is a lesson for everybody to understand it you will never ever go out and get any quarterback who will fix this mess one quarterback will never fix this disaster team no matter who it is and uh start miami is still stupid enough and goes and gets deshaun watson yeah. I will give them a former first round defensive end or a former first round uh defensive tackle uh for, for Tua. Tua. Uh, uh I might mm. even give them a wide receiver or maybe a combination of those players in a few picks. I would definitely go get Tua. That man's on a mission. Yep. That man's on a show everybody he is a starting NFL quarterback. But you all have a great day and keep pounding. Keep pounding. Y'all remember I was screaming for two whenever we were getting drafted. I wanted to trade up for him. Telling you that guy's that guy's got it. Uh interesting call there. Uh Tua, the the this thing I fear with Tua is like going and trying to acquire him this offseason. Something like that. Is that again you're just doing what you did over and over again at this point, and that is jettisoning assets. For somebody who alone won't fix it, and if the, yeah. and if my man's right that it's beyond just one player fix, um, trading away assets for that uh, is the tough part to swallow for me. But again, just another example of the ineptitude and the backwards rebuild. We've been all over it from the beginning, 
You don't hire the coach before the GM. It's back ass words. You bring them in together. Yes. Bring them in together. Um, let's go to the next goal. Hey, y'all. It's G. Cavassier again, man. Hey, man. Fire Matt Rule, man. Just let this dude go. We need a coaching staff with experience, man. We won a couple of games this season, you know, but Matt Rule got to go, man. I think Phil Snow got to go, too. Our defense is playing like fucking shit today. I do not understand. I, I, I don't get it, man. But one thing I say about Miami, they got they got a crazy-ass fucking playbook, man. Their playbook offensively is fucking crazy as shit. I give them that, man. But we need a new offensive head coach. We need a new defensive coordinator. And we need a new OC because I'm not sold on Brady, man. Like for real. Well, if one goes, they all go. Fuck out this damn coaching staff, man. It puts some people who have has experience in it, man. They have experience in the fucking game. Because these people who are loyal when they was playing, when they was coaches at college, and I'm gonna bring my college buddy. This shit is not fucking working in the NFL. It's 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 not, y'all. Y'all see the shit is not working, y'all. Somebody has to get fucking fired. I say cut the whole entire coaching staff. Get some people who have some damn experience, man. Keep pounding. Back to where we were two weeks ago, three weeks ago, right before that Arizona win. That was the window dressing Cody mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, where you brought you you bought your girlfriend this nice anniversary gift. It turned out to be cubic zirconium. You know what I'm saying? Like it looked good at first glance. Then you wore it a little bit. You started looking at it a little closer. Maybe this isn't as nice and shiny as we thought it was originally. And then you come back to the real problem. He's a traitor. He's a cheater. I hate that fucking song, by the way. Traitor, whatever it is. I'm so tired of that girl just fleecing the fuck out of that relationship. <laughs> just making billions off of whining to the whole world. Get over it, lady. Um, but the scary part is, is that the coaching staff is the problem. That's yeah. the saddest thing because then you probably don't have enough parts for the coaching staff to change it, to change the coaching staff and be any good. Like Greg said, you also, know, is it, are you a Greg, destination? What coach are you a destination for? If you're a head coach and, and, and let's say we fire Matt rule, why would you come to Carolina? We don't have a, we, we don't have a quarterback. We don't have an offensive line. Now we're going to need a brand new defensive coordinator. Oh, by the way, we don't have a second or third round pick. Who knows where we're going to be picking? The Panthers are so inept. They'll fuck around and win one more game that they're not supposed to just to make sure that we're not picking inside the top 10. So it's like, what What are you going to do now? Who, who is going to come here? There are yeah. going to be other more attractive uh, scenarios out there. If Urban Meyer isn't the head coach of Jacksonville next year. Yeah, but at least you're going to go and you're going to have a young franchise quarterback that you're going well, to has looked terrible, by the way, from what people So has Justin us. Fields. Yeah. So has Zach Justin Wilson. Fields look pretty good, I think. He's looked yeah, pretty I mean, good they, in a few they've games. All, they've all mm -hmm. had some wow moments, man. The point being, none of those guys are bust, and you would still choose yet, to build right? your future around those guys and seeing what you have rather than rolling the dice again. Yeah, it's tough, tough. Let's keep going through with the calls. Yeah, Mr. Frost from the borough. Man, is it me or does our coaches look like they're lost? Man, they are. 
no idea what they're doing. I think it's their problem. Uh, our players seem to be good sometimes, but our coaches just never seem to get it together. We lead the league in penalties, and that's not good. So it's got to be the coaching at this point. I don't know how we're going to fix it, but I fear that we're going to be in uh, in trouble for a couple of years now. I hope it gets better. Keep going. Yeah. Um, last week we came on this show and Cody Lashney was it last it was after last week's game and the loss you said that you're not even up that upset about the loss because there's still chance for this team to go and do something this year one week later it's hard to see this team doing anything this year homie yeah, I mean, it's hard not to feel completely dejected, man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it happens to us the same same way every single year, they build our hopes up and they build our hopes up. And, man, we might, we might have something, you guys. Then for it just to come crumbling down right from underneath yep. us in the most terrible way possible. I mean, Tony, listen, we can say that potentially three or four – of the most embarrassing losses in Panthers history happened this season. I know three of the top, say, six or ten. I know that. I mean, I'll argue that you can find the worst loss in Panthers history in this season. It's, I argue either, the Gi- possible, yeah. it's either the Giants or today or, the, or this Dolphins game or the uh, Patriots. Uh, yeah, Patriots. Philly was pretty fucking embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just, and it's not even, you're right. It's not even that we've had some bad, like these have been historically bad showings. Mm-hmm. Historically bad showings. And I got to say, this is, uh, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. Fool me, fool man can't get fooled again. We can't keep getting fooled. We can't keep ta- taking this cheating ass hoe back each week. Each week we take her back. She does something. She smiles at us. She comes over and gives us a little loving. And we take her back. And then where does she go? She goes out and cheats on us again. And does it all over to us. Just kills us, man. Mm-hmm. We got to stop. You know what? I don't want to. I'm not going to be nice to my Carolina Panthers. I'm going to cheer for them. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to keep doing this podcast. But I ain't going to have any optimism no. until we win a game. Right. And, and, and win a game that means something that's significant, you know, it's not just, I, I, winning, no, you know? just a W right now. Okay. Give me a w. Just a w. Yeah. Well, I want to touch real quick on what Cody was saying earlier about the free about um, coaches not wanting to come here. That applies for players too. I mean, what, what's the one thing yeah. every free agent player says, it, like no matter what they want, the they one thing they want, they want to go to a competitor and they look at the Carolina Panthers. They don't see a competitor. Not to mention the fact that we don't have a lot of money to give. And while I love Charlotte being the person that I am, if I was a millionaire and I had the opportunity to go to Charlotte or New York or Houston or somewhere like that, I Charlotte's probably not where I'm going to land, you know? So we have nothing that would attract a free agents to come here. It's it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. I mean, I I'm sure that we can still get into the city talk and things. I do think the world maybe at least right before the pandemic hit was starting to be where you actually live did not influence your economic outlook as much right like i mean we're becoming more you know so you, you see tom brady going and filming movies in like on the 
and his off days and crap like that. You can get around and do some things. So I don't know if location alone, you know, prevents you from coming as much as it used to with social media and some things. So you can take advantage of those market opportunities. There's still more money in those areas. There's still more fans in those bigger areas. Less taxes. Um, But, you know, is that people will come to a place that wins. And Charlotte's nice enough to come to if you're a player and they're winning. But you also have to have a coaching staff uh, and a team that shows you that they're they're heading in the right direction. I don't even think you need to be a winner all the time right away, that you're just heading in the right direction. And right now, I'm very I'm starting to wonder for someone who is not usually the fire the coach is the first answer is that if we go year three with Matt Rule in year four, are we really just still in this same moment? You know, you go one more year, you either fire Matt Rule or he inspires just enough confidence for you to keep him another year. And you still have no quarterback, no offensive line. Like it's like Groundhog's Day. Yep. Yeah, we're reliving the same, the same Panthers year over and over and over. A promising start, uh, just to completely fizzle out and ruin all of our, all of our football lives, man. Uh, I tell you one it, thing: is things would be better with Ron Rivera, bro. At least Ron Rivera's team showed some back, uh, some backbone in November right. and December. Look at Ron Rivera again. He does d- just enough to keep you from firing him every year and going out and winning some games late in the year. He comes to Carolina, stomps his former – or, you know, beats his former team. And, and when the adversity – when the wind is not blowing in his direction, now they're hosting Seattle who has been a nightmare on their own right. Curtis Samuel's coming back. People had a lot of questions about him not putting Curtis Samuel on IR, thinking that he's going to be a contributor. And look, now they're catching a little momentum in a division that's starting to, uh, you know, that they can still contend in. I almost think that the Eagles are the Eagles and the, the Washington football team are becoming more of competitors late in this season than anybody. Dallas has shown it's, it's, uh, Kind of not invincibility. It's like, uh, what's the op- opposite? Yeah, it's vulnerability. Vulnerability. You know, and at the point is, is this, is that the Washington football team, at least, like, they're getting better as the year goes on. They might not have a- executed a plan you wanted to see, but Ron Rivera's team would have come out there and showed some fucking backbone in that second half today. Well, and also, yeah, how, how come none of our superstar football players ever take over the football game because they're not superstars yeah and that's what we're having to find out the hard way that's why we love him for so long he did take over the game at times back in the day other than when christian mccaffrey is able to stay healthy for a length of time and when we're using him the proper way christian mccaffrey is the only guy that even comes close to superstar at this point. I can't even remember when he done when he's done that though. And you can't, but uh, if he has it or doesn't, you can't name another player on this football team that is a superstar. Hassan that Reddick. is a making a Reddick. Hassan Reddick has played to that level this year, I think. But yeah. I mean, again, I wouldn't put him in the same class as like a Miles Garrett because you're not going to leave him in on every down. 
You don't really want. But they to have though. They have. He's played right. every down. Is that yeah, right here? Is that saying, he's as close to a star we've had? You don't want him on run defense. You want him as a pass rusher, and he's a fantastic pass rusher. Right. No one's taking that away from him. But you know, I, I, again, he's more situational. There isn't a player on this football team that is a superstar. Cam Newton was once upon a time, and whether or not he still has it left in him, it's kind of irrelevant. Who believes that even if he had it left in him, that we're going to be the team to bring that out of him? When did when did Christian McCaffrey hurt his ankle? And how bad was it? They said they're they're the they're, they're over there working on his ankle, and they showed him sitting with his legs crossed, and he was just moving his foot around. I mean, somebody said he's in. A, Cody said that there was a, a report that he was in a boot at the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, at the end of the game, he was walking in a boot. So is the and again is that this is uh, one of those things where right when it seemed like the Panthers could catch some momentum coming off of an Arizona game, maybe a win against that Washington football team, two important performances by Christian McCaffrey. What happens? We come out again and lose for the second time in a row. Christian McCaffrey is not the superstar. He does not finish the game this time. That was the one thing we were celebrating the last two weeks as he finished the game. Didn't do that again now. But here's the problem with the game plan. And people said someone in the chat is that, yeah, we can continue. We can go after Cam. We can go after Cam. But right now is that he wasn't part of the plan to start this season. Right. Is that he was brought in to plug another hole. Why isn't Christian? I mean, is like the fact that you didn't set this up a little bit better in the beginning to be Christian McCaffrey's team still. Just more errors. I mean, and, and that was before he got hurt. That was before he got hurt. He was not part of the game plan at all. I, I got to yeah. be honest. I don't think that the way Christian McCaffrey runs the ball, that that Cam Newton necessarily compliments him. I think that them having the option for the read option is great, but they're running it almost every single time they run the ball. Cam's holding the ball on so long, and he gives the ball away to Christian sometimes. But by that time, you know he hasn't had a chance to, to burst out of the backfield. I think him holding the ball so long is actually hurting Christian McCaffrey running the ball. Well, you're supposed to do that on that play. You are supposed to do that on that type of play. Now, if we're calling that play too much and not letting just Christian McCaffrey eat Mm -hmm. on his own, but even just in the passing game, when was the last time you saw a screen pass? I don't know. Like traditional screen pass. You know, your offensive line eats a dick. Then let them through, let the defense through. And as soon as they come through, you throw the screen to Christian McCaffrey and all the defensive line is gone, and he's got to beat a linebacker. The problem with that thought is that Joe Brady has not designed a screenplay that has been successful all for his entire two years of tenure here. Like, if you the watch, easiest play in football, he has never. If you go back, tell like show me a uh, an actual play where Joe Brady has designed a screen that has actually worked or even been executed well, right? Like, there's not one. Joe Brady, like, when you think about what we had with Teddy Bridgewater, you think screens should have been our bread and butter since he can't throw the ball down the field? We could not perform a screen to save our life. Uh, And by the way, he's still overpaid. I hate to pat myself on the back with that. uh, But for as good as he is, he is still overpaid. The The fact that he's that hurt 
and the fact that and, and 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 the fact that he is a running back. I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to discriminate on those grounds alone. You cannot pay that much money for someone mm-hmm. who is a running back and one who continues to be hurt. So, I mean, again, I, I said at the time that because he was a running back, you don't pay him that much because what did the Panthers do before? We overpaid D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart while we had both of them. So then we go and pay Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, at the time you needed to put butts in seats because he was the only real player of note on the Carolina Panthers. But now he has a very fluff contract that you're probably going to have a hard time moving even if you wanted to. Because yeah. what team is going to trade for a, an expensive running back Told that, you. Has an, that has an injury? He hasn't even hit his money yet. And yeah. by the way, we don't actually know. You know what? We will still eat so much money. The only thing we get is the trade asset. The, the, we don't the, even yeah, the, get a cap savings. Right. Yeah. The the, the fact is, is that with, with Christian McCaffrey right now, um, you're not going to be able to trade him. You're not going to trade him on the contract he has because in two years he hasn't played more than three games without getting hurt. Like regardless of what the outcome of this is, it's still an injury that ha- kept him out of the game. Even if he comes back next week, like it's still an injury and that's now becoming the narrative. Whereas for the first two, three years of his career, it wasn't he was durable. It was like, he was, he was like, it's one of the most durable running backs you'll ever see. He had 98% of the, you know, snap count, which is unheard of all this stuff. Like you're talking about with Christian McCaffrey, it completely fell off the wheel. Like the, the wheel completely fell off the car. You know, with that, and and you know, I I don't know an answer at this point in time with Christian McCaffrey. I don't know that we were able to you know send him to somebody else. He's in his second year of his contract, right? Like, I mean, it's not as though he's he's in a, a in a position where we're on the verge of being able to release him with no issue. Like, we still have right. two more years. Oh yeah, you got yeah de- definitely. Hey, I have a question about like salary cap and signing players, and I was thinking about this the other day. How come every time a big name gets signed, it has to set a new bar? Like, how come they have to make that much more than the, the last because time? Because the salary cap goes up. Like, <sighs> they, they have the negotiating power and, you know, listen, gas Imagine costs a lot of money. Imagine if a new car, every time a new car came out, that it was, that even if it was like yeah. a Ford Focus, is like it was still more expensive, like the most expensive car of its class every time. But I, I just I just don't understand why it has to be like that. Like why this quarterback is well, my contract's coming up, and guess what? I have to be this much higher than the last guy's highest paid contract. Like, but a lot of those like two are fake numbers as well, right? So like mm-hmm. they'd like to do this, so then they get the tweet out that it's the highest paid contract, and it's really is it like if if in theory it was paid in its entirety, it would be, but it's not. Right. So all of it is smoke. Half of it's smoke anyway. That's why the guarantee. Almost if I if I'm a GM and if I am a player, I'm just gonna say this: is we do fully guaranteed contracts almost exclusively. They're just gonna be short. We're gonna hit you on this two year deal. You're gonna get every damn dollar. You get to sign a new contract in two years, and we get to decide if we get to leave in two years. Yeah. I'd be interested in that. Look, is there is a ton of uh, support in the chat room? Almost two. At one point, there's 285 people watching. There's 279 now. Um, let's join arms, brother Panther fans, together. Sing Kumbaya or whatever we got to do. Hi, hey, I'm Tony. I'm a Panthers fan. Uh, let's uh, unite together 
and this misery and get through it together because guess what? You got to be a Panthers fan tomorrow. You're going to have to be one next year. There's not a choice because the reward when it does come is oh so much more sweet when you suffer through the hard times together. These are the times that try men's souls, as Thomas Paine wrote. So go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the broadcast and share. I'd love to see that number hit above 300 before we go. Uh, we got your calls to go through. Cody, looks like somebody else is supporting us in the chat room. Why don't you go ahead and bring that up and tell yeah, us Yeah, man. Up. Corey Broomery with another $5 says, honestly, I think CMC gets banged up just like any running back in the league. I think Rule babies the hell out of him. And you can see Christian McCaffrey's frustration. I mean, no one, no one is denying that he is a damn good football player because he certainly is. Um, but at the end of the day, Matt Rule isn't the one that's directly causing him to get hurt. I mean, right. if it's on the last play of the game and you should have been out of the football game, it's one thing. Uh, but the fact that Christian McCaffrey has been hurt this year, he was hurt last year, and he costs so much against our salary cap, that's what I think people – I think that's what has people – starting to question whether or not uh, it was the right thing to do. At yeah. That well, time. Kevin is saying though, that they're almost overprotecting him. It's like, Oh, your ankle hurts a little bit. Get on out. Um, I don't know. You know, here is that. And, and I even want to just go back for a moment to the Christian McCaffrey uh, is if you sign him, if it's too much, is that the fact that, you know what, that conversation, while it has some merit, Right. It does like has merit to say, is he worth the money? The real conversation continues to be, in my mind, the order of operations. Right. It's like in math, yeah. you have the order of operations when you hit a problem. We have done the order of operations backwards. And whether or not Christian McCaffrey is worth the money, too little money, or any of that, is that the order of operations of who you bring in to be the building block of your team. Right, like, is you? Oh, you want to build your team around a running back, but you have no offensive line. Mm -hmm. You know, is the order of operations now is in team building is the scary part for me, um, and I think Christian McCaffrey is just an example of that at this moment. And if you go back, when was that contract given? Marty Herney. When you held on to Marty Herney, you got yeah. rid of Cam, and you went and got your coach in the wrong order. The number is 252 228 5098. What's going on, C3 Nation? This is your boy, Jay Anderson. Yeah. Man, what up, Jay? It was a bad game, terrible game. All three phases, you know, it just, you know, played terrible. We just had one good drive, uh, one good special teams play. Um, I mean, not special teams, but, but um, defensive play. Um, and that was it. I mean, it was a bad game, bad game. I blame, you know, basically, you know, yeah, players got to execute. But at the same time, you know, the, 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 the coaches are just bad. I mean, it, it didn't give no hope um, the second half. Of that game, nothing gave any type of hope in the second half because we all know the second half is just not the Panthers type of thing. You know, this coaching staff do not know how to adjust 
anything. So it just at some point the the the, the coaching staff just got to go. Matt Rule time is just over. Everybody say you don't fire a coach. You know when you give a coach seven years, f that you can because firing a coach is not is not on the salary. It's not on the team salary cap. So David Temple can afford to pay that man and get him out of here, buy out, get another coach, start all over, and stuff like that. Get an NFL coach that knows how to coach and knows how to put a staff around him because. You know, Cam had a terrible game, but I was expecting Cam to have one of these terrible games because, you know, seeing it so, you know, seeing it so often. I remember he had a terrible game against New Orleans in 2017 and then pick it back up. So I'm expecting him to pick it back up once um after this bye week and everything because they really need the bye week and he really needs the bye week too. Um. Great. You we know, have I hope. Know the media going to get on Cam Newton, you know, F them. We buy some resilience in the bye week. attention to the media, national media, because they're going to have their narrative by Cam Newton anyway. Um, yeah, hopefully my boys will pick it up and, you know, get this win against Atlanta. You know, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. You know, the coaching staff ain't good enough to guide them to the playoffs. Cam Newton can do it all he can, but they're not going to the playoffs. And stuff like that. Bye, y'all. Be easy. Have a good week. They don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Number one. Um, nope. Number two, you ain't get. You don't get in the playoffs by not winning. Um, number three. Then this call brought up to me, and uh, the thing I went to is that. Sure, as like you know, I expected Cam to be rusty last week, to be honest. Or you know, I mean, I can and and this was some rust. This was some bad play. This was some deterioration, arguably, in Cam's play. But for me, the the saddest, saddest part about this is that this team is is not well coached. They are not. Yeah, they are not well coached. It is not. It's not right. Something is not right. The penalties. Now, some of these penalties, I will argue, have been ticky-tack, right? I mean, they have been some ticky-tack penalties, but we haven't played defensive football. We've had, we've, we've shown inexperience. And, um, again, these are not, we're not getting beat by good teams either. Right. Today was another team that beat the, the brakes off of us. And they're yeah. a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. And, I know, and, and no offense to, I'm not trying, and it's, I'm probably shitting on, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're listening to this, you're like, hey, asshole, don't call us a bad team. We just beat the brakes off of you. So what I'm saying is, is you're not 10 and 2 and Super Bowl bound. You're, you're a team that has a shitty offensive line, a line, doesn't even like your own quarterback. And we still, I mean, and, and you know what? Is You should be able to beat us. It's any given Sunday, but beat the brakes off of us? That Cody, that Cody is not just is it is, um, a it's like a totality. It's a catastrophe. That's what it is. Isn't this the definition of a catastrophe? It, it is, and it more importantly, it is an indictment on our coaching staff. It, it keeps coming back to the coaching staff, just like I said it was when Ron Rivera had all those inconsistencies on his football team. When you continue to be that mad. For that long, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. 
when you're losing to the worst football teams in the NFL and making them look good, what, why should anyone have any hope in you? So look, the past two weeks in a row, the Atlanta Falcons, I think they only scored three points on offense outside of today, right? Between Dallas and uh, what other? Yeah, it was the Dolphins, I think. Um, does anyone think that the Panthers should be favored against the Atlanta Falcons? Yes. We're going to be playing them at home. I, I mean, why? Like, I mean, is anyone going to be surprised if the Falcons come and paddle our ass at home? I wouldn't be surprised, but I think we should definitely be favored in that. But we should, you know? right, we should have been favored today. We should have been favored against Washington. We should have been favored against Philly and the and, the, and the Giants. The biggest and, and difference here is that teams. is that you're talking about a Miami Dolphins team that has all of the pieces. They should have been good from the beginning, right? And they just weren't. The Miami Dolphins were a good team. Like we want to talk about, like hey, Tony and I can. Well, they were eleven and five them. last year, but they started out one and five. Exactly, exactly. And so Tua's coming in here. He's starting to get a, 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 a get a kind of a a rhythm going they're kind of they're discovering their identity this is what five in a row that they've won now like these guys are not we're not we didn't just get run over by a squad that was doing nothing like we got run over by a squad that has been showing out on defense for multiple weeks the atlanta falcons have been a dumpster fire they won today i think but outside of that like they haven't shown a lot to say they're a great team like they don't have the pieces like we can we've already dog stomped them once right we can do it again um, it's still possible. And we're going to be coming into a bye week. And, and I, what I liked about the announcers today is they were talking about Cam Newton saying, listen, he's only had two weeks in this offense. Like that's still, he's still learning a lot of this, you know? So I'm hoping that there's still some hope for, for Cam Newton coming in. Uh, hopefully Joe Brady can start to actually have some time to design some, some plays that are going to be, you know, more than just the read option play, uh, for Cam Newton. Um, it just felt like I said, it, it, there's, there's still things that 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 could go into that game against Atlanta, but I, I you know, if you're comparing the two today and, and the one against the 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 Falcons, then you know the, the, the two separate squads. The Falcons are absolutely, even on paper, one of the worst teams in the NFL. So what you're really telling me is then it should be a push, and whoever stumbles into a win is going to win that game. At <laughs> yeah. this point, it's like neither team deserves to win anything. They're all stepping backwards, and they're just a bunch of girls slap fighting yep. out there in the concrete. Yep. Well, and to CK's point, CK, if all those things that you just said are true, which I agree with you that they are, why are we still not confident in the Panthers' ability to beat them? Like, can anyone sit here and say, even with a bye week, that the Panthers are going to be able to beat the Atlanta Falcons at, I, at home? Or are we saying that that's a toss-up game? Because one we, of the things that we know Without beyond a shadow of a doubt, even care, dude. That the the worst teams in football come to us and they can put up almost forty points on us. Mm -hmm. So what do you? It's absolutely embarrassing, and it's an indictment on our coaches. It's an indictment on how mismanaged our roster is. And yeah. overall, we do not have as much talent on this football team. Can as we, we agree that? Can we agree that we have not played a tough schedule? No, not not, not at all. Point. Yeah, Good. the rest no, of the schedule is pretty pretty. I mean, and even yeah. even the teams that were in theory tough were hobbled in some way. The ones at that, that we moment, beat, yeah. 
Yeah, like we except for been. except for Dallas. Dallas might have been the team at the moment that had the most going for them. That was the breaking right? game for us, though. Right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah but broke us. any of these teams, like so, all right, who cares? Are the Miami Dolphins uh, like average? Oh, maybe, maybe they're a little above average. Maybe they're a little below average. I don't know, but they ain't really good. That's what right. we do know. They ain't really good. Sure. But I can tell you one thing: is we are dog. We're terrible. And so it doesn't matter what the opponent does when you are your own opponent. Mm-hmm. And it's not just penalties being your own opponent. Like the fact that we are not strong mentally, the fact that we're not prepared, the fact that we're undisciplined, we are our, we are the reason we are losing. Yeah. And we are the reason we are not winning. And that's the thing is that we, we knew it. We knew this. Like every opportunity that this team had... You know, I was thinking about that on Thanksgiving. You know, I was thinking of like uh, because the the podcast community for the Panthers has grown a lot. Our podcast has grown. The post game shows grown a lot. I mean, look, it's just like everything is kind of is just media is growing because of access. So, but imagine trying to do this podcast, and um, I've I've actually found a little second wind or third wind after nine years of doing it. So you know, trying to do new things, trying to stay creative trying to make these thumbnails all this time, the time you're putting into it. Imagine trying to get that, um, that drive being a Lions fan, you know, like trying to build a podcast where your history has been one of just total despair. Darkness. Like, what do you make your podcast about? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, like what, like, do you celebrate on draft? Do you cry on draft night? But I was thinking about that when the comment came up, Cody, because on Thanksgiving, I was start, I was wondering, is this what it's like? <laughs> is this what it's like to feel like a Lions fan? Because right now, the the good times seem really far in the rear view mirror. And the the light at the end of the tunnel seems very really, far away. Yeah, it's really very far. We, we are way away. far away from it. We don't even see the light at the end of the right. tunnel. Right. Yeah. Like, Someone what, told what us there's the a light? light. Someone told yeah. us there's a light somewhere <laughs> down there, but we ain't seen it yet. We got our foot on the gas on it the might, women. It might be a train, dude. Watch out. That light at the end of the tunnel oh, might be a train. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The number is 252-228-5098. Join in our misery. Support. Uh, let's grow together. Uh, you know what? Let's grow this team in spite of this team. We're going to will this shit. We're going to will that light into existence with our energy, our passion, our love for our team. And never forget this. Is it's cheaper to go see the damn Saints right now on New Year's second, on New Year's second, on January second, but on New Year's Eve weekend, you can go there. You can fly there. We could get tickets on the lower bowl cheaper than it is to go to damn Charlotte and get a game. Shame on you, Panthers, for that crap too. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Me again, Smooth C from South Kakalaki. Dante Jackson, still a bitch. Yeah. Matt <laughs> 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 Rule. Okay. He's always a confused look on his face. Like he he's does. Lost, confused. He, this whole coaching staff has got to go. This, this team's in trouble. 
One, one pick in a top 100 in an upcoming draft? Look at the net amount of free agents that got coming up. It, it's ridiculous. This team is in trouble, and they're going to be worse next year. Worse. Who's yeah. going to have? Where's that light? Nobody. Where's that light? Speaking okay. of Matt Rule on the side. Have any of you felt like a simpering, whimpering child lately? I mean, sort of bothered and bewildered. He's a fool, and don't I know? Matt what is Rule. That? It is an old, uh, like it's a, from a club, uh, like a stand-up club, and she's doing a night a show. And God, it's uh, I'll hold on, I'll Google it in a second. I had it up earlier. Um, next call. So it's been literally years since I've actually just turned off a game. And for the first time in years, I honestly feel like I have no reason to watch this team anymore. Even during the 1-15 season, it was absolutely – I don't feel feel feeling this bad as I did then. Because there's Rule's no a problem. He obviously doesn't know what he's doing. I had never even heard of him till we hired him. Um, Brady's an idiot. Bill Snow is overrated. Cam – I wish you hadn't come back because you were a one of my favorite players, and it's, this team does not deserve you. Darnold is terrible. Uh, PJ Walker is terrible. Um, our linebackers are horrible. The sucky thing is that we will probably end up playing well against the Falcons because, of course, we play well against the Falcons. And the sucky thing is that we're probably never going to get rid of Rule during the season, if we even get rid of him, because some people really want him to have a third season for some damn reason. Um, but in my opinion, Rule is an NFL coach. He should be fired as soon as possible after the season, or at least be given ultimatum by Tepper that he needs to win the rest of December or he's gone. This guy should not be given a third year. I don't know who we could hire, maybe the enemy, I, the guy I wanted, but for me, it's just, it's, it's over. I mean, I'm just not going to watch any more Panthers games, and it sucks because I'm, it sucks that. In this year, in this league, in this in our professional sports, the uh, Hurricanes are the best professional team we have. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, I'm upset, I'm angry, but it is what it is. And thankfully, I'm an individual, and I don't have to watch this crap anymore. So I pretty much probably not gonna watch it anymore until a rule gets fired, or if by chance somehow some miracle turns around and a rule transforms into a good head coach and we make the playoffs. So anyway, thanks guys. Love listening to you. Um, you're always uh, cathartic whenever it, uh, whenever uh, I need something to listen to after terrible losses like this. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thanks happy for the Thanksgiving. call. That was, that was Carly Simon, by the way, bewitched and bewildered. Um, she's the one that sings. Uh, you're so vain. You probably thought the song yeah. was about you. Um, slaying it there. He's a fool. Don't you know it? Uh, Tony, I think a lot of people feel like that caller. Like, what's the point of even watching the Carolina Panthers? I already know the outcome of this. I know there's no joy yeah. that's going to come from this. It's just going to be a disaster, uh, you know, a comedy of errors. So why continue to get uh, involved in this? Why think this is going to get better? And that's the thing. Like, none of us believe that Matt Rule has a second wind in him. 
Does anyone think that he's going to be able to rally the troops and make the Carolina Panthers start to play better down the stretch while we're getting ready to play the toughest part of our schedule? I mean, outside of the Falcons, we got the Bills, Tampa, and the Saints. And again, say what you want about the Falcons and the Saints. Maybe those are toss-ups. But I would not pick us to beat the Bills. I would not pick us to beat the Buccaneers. I mean, this season's already over. So why would you care anymore about what the Carolina Panthers are going to do this year? It's embarrassing, man. And for David Tepper to instantly jack up all those prices uh, as soon as Cam Newton got signed to be the quarterback, like, you haven't done your football team. I don't think he jacked up the prices. That's aftermarket. That's aftermarket. The tickets for this season were already sold. Yeah, yeah. That's not the team taking advantage of that. That's the aftermarket stuff. Like, it, it felt like trying to capitalize on something, almost like a money grab, because you know that you're going to be bringing in the quarterback into a situation that doesn't have the means to uh, that doesn't have the means to protect him. They don't have the means to build around him. It's like does David Tepper want a contender, or does he just want to put butts in the seats, regardless of? If it's Panther fans or if it's some other fan. From well, at some least other- we had a moment. At least we had a moment of of like uh, on this world, it means hope, Superman. At least we had a moment where we were happy and we forgot about the problems. Here's the thing, though, is that this is what if you go back and listen to the show after the New England game and the Tuesday after it and the going in right before we signed Cam Newton is that it felt like the season was over. Like it felt like, man, this team is so bad that like, it's just ain't going to get better. It can't get better. There's nothing it can do to get better. And then somehow people trying to put this mystical curse on me or this like spell on me with Cam Newton, the Cam Newton spell that tried to tell me that this team and the coaching staff, that the problem was just was the quarterback. Right. Is that, oh, man, if we get an offense in here that can cook a little bit better, we're actually a good team. And it really made sense for a moment. It made sense for a moment. You go in in Arizona. Maybe that defense was better than I thought it was than it was against New England because they were on the field too much and they were never put in a good spot and they always had to overcome these crazy challenges and that they had to play so perfect or else we weren't going to win. But that's not even good. It's gotten progressively worse. The defense has gotten progressively worse since that moment. Actually, the the defense has been getting progressively worse the whole season. It's game four. Yeah. Exactly. And then you go, oh, well, I mean, yeah, we can continue to look at Cam. We can say, oh, Cam, was he's like a you know, fool's gold, and he's done this. And de- the problem is, is that the team on with Cam added to it, the team that was like the, the ingredients were bad already. Just putting some salt on that shitty meal makes it still shitty. And that's because this coaching staff is in over their head. Do you remember that very same week we went through after the New England game and we started asking about the experience of the coaching staff? Yeah. And, uh, and yes, I understand. I, I am a new talent guy. Like I like to bring in new talent. Like at the place I work, when I hire people, I like young, excited people. Like I'm not always just bringing the person with the most years. 
I'm always, you know, is you can find good young talent, but you have to have a team around that person that has some experience. You don't just bring in all new teachers to a department at the same time and then hope your success rates go up for the next five years. Mm -hmm. You got to start replacing the old with the new and balancing it. We tried to do a rebuild of of a team with a coaching staff that has zero experience at the NFL level. That's it. Yeah. There's not one like, and, and, and if you look at some of these other teams around the league that are bringing in younger head coaches, the question is, are they making that leap? Are, are those coaches, are they so vain, you know, or are they so confident in themselves that they don't surround themselves with people who uh, have some experience? I just think Matt rule thought that he could figure like he, that was easier than it was. I just hit that our owner. I hate that our owner didn't know more about football when he bought this football team. Because well, all of, really all of knows things, about football. They don't really know nothing about football. But I maybe think that's that you should have known a little more than David Tepper did. Yeah, there's and some think, that played. You know, I, I mean, like uh, the the fact that again, we've talked about doing the whole process out of order. Uh, you know, you waited too long to fire your head coach, then you fired the head coach. You bring in another head coach keep your general manager, then fire that general manager. Then you bring in another general manager. So now that GM has no say so in the coaching staff that he hires to be a part of the football team. More importantly, now you have a a committee of three different people who have not been connected to the Carolina Panthers very long, making decisions about our future and about our roster. And that's Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer, and Dave Tepper. And if only P. Diddy was along, our owner. Every step mm-hmm. along the way, they have made the wrong decision for this football team. And if we're going to be paying for it for multiple seasons, it's because of them. Mm-hmm. If only P. Diddy well, was our owner, Cody. Uh, I don't even know if I need Tepper to, to know more about football. Um, what I would, to be an owner, what I might want him to be is be a little bit more humble in that he doesn't know about football and he's just super rich. And, you know, it's almost to the point where the decision-making has been so erratic at times. Um, so um, it's just kind of quirky a little bit that you got to wonder if Appaloosa Management or whatever is fun company, if they're so reactionary. Good God. Um, I just felt like, I mean, you know, good leadership is about putting in good people into place like uh they said george washington was never the greatest general like on paper right like whatever but he was a good he like one of the great attributes that he had was he knew how to identify talent right and right now i'm wondering if tepper knows how to identify talent and i and maybe tepper got too pig-headed in his belief that he since he was a brilliant financial advisor that he would be able to run this like a fortune 500 company, which you can, but you, you know, what would be a good thing, thing is maybe put a team of guys around you with some success and some experience mm-hmm. in the league to help you make some of those big decisions. Well, the experience definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, like he should have gotten advisors when he was hiring, you know, Oh, who's your advisor for hiring your new coach? Marty Herney. Well done. Well done. 252-228-5098. Hi, guys. It's Tyler from 
for his pines. Uh, I called in last week and said that I still had faith in Matt Rule. Uh, didn't know about Joe Brady, but uh, anyway, after today, I have absolutely no more faith in Matt Rule. Uh, I think this season we've seen possibly the three worst games or three of the top ten worst games in Panther history. Agreed. Wow. One season. Agreed. Uh, with this team that has the amount of talent that we have on it to go out there and look completely incompetent, um, three games in this entire year is, is just unacceptable. Um I think Cam's on the tail end of his career, but I, I still think that with a decently designed offense and with decent O-line help, uh, he can still be effective. Um, for example, if you put Cam as the quarterback for the Dolphins today, he would have done the same exact thing that Tua did. Uh, the Dolphins didn't do anything special. All they did was design plays to get guys open and in space. And we failed to do that coach. all day. Um, if you've got a bad O-line, then you've got a bad O-line, and you're going to have to game plan around it. But we continually don't do that. Uh, and, and it's frustrating, and it's, it's just incompetency at the NFL level. Uh, we need to go out and find an offensive-minded NFL guy. Don't bring somebody in for college to do uh, an experiment in the NFL. Uh, it's bullshit. So um, – I. I don't know if I'm going to watch another game for the rest of the year. I mean, I'm just – I'm frustrated. I'm done. Um, I'm not done completely as a fan, but I'm, I'm – You'll be I'm back frustrated in that, two weeks. We're going to have a bye week off. We'll come back. You're taking worry, four Tyler. hours out of my Sunday to watch this bullshit. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous, and I'm, I don't know how much longer I can watch this shit product on the field. Um, and – I know that half the fan base feels that way. We were re-energized with Cam, but uh, we need a competent coach and staff to turn in because this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's not like this team is talentless. Right. It's not like this team had the talent. You know, you go back and look at that, what was it, the 2010 season, right, where the team got just pummeled. But there was nobody on that team. You know, I mean, that was a t- shit team, too. I mean, but that was just a terrible team, and you kind of understood, like, all right, Jimmy Clausen, this, this ain't going to work. Like, this is bad. This this team is playing below its talent level, um, and there isn't one part of the team that is playing above its station. Not one part. Maybe Zane Gonzalez. Maybe Zane Gonzalez is the only person that has outplayed any expectation of that player at this point. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. Tom DA. And I'm pretty sure all Panthers fans feel about the same after this. Uh, just disrespectful loss. Like, you know, the season is over. We're not going to make the playoffs. It, it's pretty much over. Like, a miracle. A miracle would have to happen. Like, we actually playing good football again. That's a miracle. Yeah, that would be a miracle. I Like, this team literally started out 3-0. and And, what, like, I, I know we play shitty teams, but, like, and we fall off a cliff almost every year, but this one was, 
Like, we fucking plummeted. Mount Everest. Like, through the ground. We went straight to football hell. Like, we went straight down. <laughs> uh, By the way, we man, didn't convince him to win any games of those first three other than I the New Orleans. Him off the bat. Like, this, he yeah. not I would take an ugly There's win, no though, right now. fucking way. It was just bad, and it's not the coaching. You have talented players. And Joe Brady, I don't want to hear shit about Joe Brady. Like, I don't want to hear anybody defending him. Well... The offensive line isn't that good. The offensive line isn't that good. Um, you should still be able to do something. In a two-minute drill, you shouldn't be just running the four verticals where your halfback runs five yards past the line of scrimmage, sits there and waits on the ball. Like It's the same offense when we had Teddy Bridgewater, the same exact offense. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm at a loss for words from this team. <sighs> I, I don't know why I ever feel confident in coming out in a game and winning, but I felt confident that we were going to win this by a good amount, like a dominant, mm-hmm. dominating win to catch momentum. And, you know, it's one of those three losses this season that's one of the worst I've ever seen in Panthers history. Like, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton deserves a good portion of blame. The offensive line plays like shit. Oh, Matt Rule is starting um, – Dennis Daly at left tackle over Christensen when he just had the best game of left tackle like of anyone in the league. Like, yep. And it just shows you how incompetent this man is. He's, it's just stupid. Like he just makes stupid fucking decisions. Like it's time to fire him, it's time to fire Brady. Phil Snow puts Dante Jackson on one more number one receiver the whole game. Like fire him too. Fuck it. Season's over. I'm just glad Cam's back and I was just going to say, I, I'm going to sound like the old man here and I'm going to step in and I just want to put some, some, some reason in this. I think this is a little bit of recency bias that we have with this. I'm not saying by any means that we are not absolutely terrible. Okay. But it is a really bold statement to say three of the worst, like in the, all, all of the Panthers history three of the worst games we've ever had have been this season. Cause I've been with the Panthers for a long time since the beginning. I've seen a Rick, lot of I've gone games. through them. Look, I'm telling you. Is there right? About, I'll tell you too that are worse than any of these. Hold on. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. There's been a lot. If you go through history, this is a recency bias. Look, Tony, you were just talking about the 2010 season. We were two and 14, but we had talent. We had Jonathan Stewart. We had Steve Smith. We had Jordan gross. We had uh Jeff Schwartz, man. That's, that's only the offense on defense. We had Charles Johnson. We had uh James Anderson, John Beeson, Dan Connor, Chris Gamble, Richard Marshall. We had some talent. We just sucked. So I want everybody to pump the brakes for just a minute and go back and really look in history. We've walked really bad like this before and looked terrible before. I think it's a little bit of recency bias about saying the worst ever in history. The reason that this feels so much worse, and I'll I'll give my two cents on this, why this feels like one of the worst seasons is because we don't see a future right now. Like at least in 2014, we saw a future. We had a quarterback. We had, uh, you know, the pieces offensively. We had, you know, Kelvin Benjamin was here and he was killing it, it seemed, at that first, his rookie year, right? Like, these were things that were taking place. Like, we did, it wasn't that, you know, that those, it wasn't, like, bad. Like, even in the in the years where we had the worst possible, like, the 49ers game, the, the Steelers game from, you know, when Cam got hurt. Like, a lot of those games, when you look at those games, like, it it's, it's, like sucks because they were so bad, but at least we've had hope for the future. We right. don't right now. 
Like, I don't That's see a, a future right now where we come back and we could say next year we're going to be better. We, we've decided as an organization to trade for Sam Darnold, giving away way too many picks in the top 100 for him uh, for next year, um, without and then picking up his fifth-year option with no evidence that he was going to be a good quarterback outside of what they assume is going to be a, uh, you know, basically they picked up his fifth-year option to give him confidence to play in this in, on the team, right. right? And it didn't work. Like, those things didn't work, and it puts our team at a, at a disadvantage. Like, that's the problem is right now – we we don't have the picks to be able to make the the moves for offensive line. We have too many people coming up on contract years. Like we can like let's let's also I will say let's pump a break on saying how bad our team is. Like DJ Moore isn't a number one. He had a really good year last year. Like this year has been bad, right? Because we've had a bad situation all the way around. I think DJ Moore is still a number one receiver. It's just again, has he been? Oh, I disagree. Up? I disagree. He, he's the best he was, receiver out of his draft class. He's the best. He's okay, but even still, you're talking about him, Calvin Ridley. What I think, uh, DK Metcalf was also in that draft. My thing is this, man. Other, even last year, he only had four touchdowns. And again, we've said that a lot of that was on the quarterback position too. But even when DJ has had the opportunities, the fact that he that he drops passes, that he's always slow to get up, he's always acting hurt. And then the, the precision of his route runnings, it didn't even show it on that first interception. If DJ Moore would have ran his proper route, it would have gotten the other defender to follow him, and it would have made more of an opportunity for Robbie Anderson when he was open. Listen, like, these are, DJ these are Moore grown has men, never, right? He's never had a DeAndre Hopkins type of season. He's never had a Devontae Adams type of season. Like he's just he isn't hold on, hold on. that I'm dog saying, number one wide receiver. I'm not saying that he's a top five wide receiver. That's not at all the argument. He oh, is a number saying. one wide receiver. Um, and to say otherwise is is you know just again recency bias. This year has been problematic, and I agree. Like this year, he hasn't put the effort in. But you know what that tells me is he does not believe in what these coaches are putting on the table. He doesn't believe what these coaches are putting on the field. He doesn't trust Joe Brady. He doesn't trust his quarterback. He doesn't trust the offensive line, right? And that is on DJ Moore. Don't get me wrong. But when DJ Moore has something to play for, when he has a team that's coming out there and actually playing well with him as, you know, and doing what they need to do, DJ Moore is good. He he did have a great year last year. You want to talk about the four touchdowns? We can talk about the four touchdowns. But I think that also has to go on Joe Brady's face, you know, uh, on Joe Brady's shoulders as well, right? Because they weren't getting him the ball. They were, he got over a thousand yards receiving, right? It, with Teddy Bridgewater. That means that he was catching the ball with five yards and getting yards after the catch. DJ Moore is a true number one wide receiver. The problem this year is I don't believe DJ Moore is playing for this team. I don't believe anybody really is playing for this team anymore. I don't then think you're not a number one. No, if no, no, you, no, 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 no. If, if everything around you has to go perfect, that's not what I'm saying. Or, in order for that's you to what run I said. precise routes, did I, did I say that yeah. it had to go perfect? No, I said when yeah. you have when you've lost the comp, when you don't have confidence in your coach, which is clearly what's happened. Like he gives you up on the still route. Be playing like a man possessed. Hey, listen, I agree with that. I agree. I think it's still a DJ. Moore How about problem, this? He's a bottom a tier number one. I wouldn't even say that. I say he's a middle of the pack number one. And he's I don't better think than fifteen of the other number one. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't create consistent separation against the best corners in football, you're not a number one wide receiver. 
I do the, think DJ's a little tired of getting blown up. Like, is that he's been, they've been putting him, hanging him out to dry for the last whatever few years. I think he's tired of that. Soft. But I want to go back to one point before we get too sidetracked. And that is to the callers who have said that there have been three of some of the worst losses in Panthers history. I don't know if you can even put today. Um, I agree with them. And here, Greg, here's my qualification for it is one, I'll go back and look at that 2010 team. Just a couple of things. Jonathan Stewart only played seven games that that season had like a hundred. He had a no rush in that in 2010. So I don't know if saying he was talent. He had 178 yards. Okay. Uh, uh, total in 2010. It looks like no, he had uh seven games, 178 attempts, 770 yards. 770 yards. Okay. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So you have Jonathan Stewart, who's starting kind of what looked like sort of a decline. Steve Smith had his worst season ever. Um, to the point where we thought that you know Cam brought Steve Smith off the shelf. Cam, you know Steve Smith had been sitting there having a wasted career in Carolina. So I, I think there's more talent on this team. Is one thing I want to get right. out, just uh, collectively. But here's where they're right: is that my I have a I have like a way I think of figuring out the worst games you've ever played. First, it has to be by the you have to be either shut out or under seven points. Okay, right? Is that like I mean I feel like and there's not many of those in Panthers history, right? And there were there were two in uh that 2010 season so i do think there's a game from the 2010 season and i was at the game it was the panthers hosted the new orleans saints and we lost 34 to 3 jimmy clausen had 48 passing yards i believe in this game uh on top of that uh he was only and to be honest he only threw the ball 18 times Right. So he was eight for 18 uh, and we got stomped. But the Saints went on and had a good game. So the first qualification is under seven points. The second qualification is how big of a differential you're beat by and by how bad, how good or bad that team is. The Saints beat us and stomped us and they were a good team and we were a bad team. The Giants stomped the shit out of us this year, held us to three points, and they're a bad team. That's the thing. So there are, there are about five games that are in contention for the worst game ever, but I would believe that one of the games this season is among the top five worst games of all time. And the fact is we only had 150 yards of offense in that Giants game. Yeah. Now, look, I can agree with you that that's maybe maybe one, maybe two could be in the top 10, easily in the top 10. But what you're talking about is only going back to 2010. We've been playing since 1995. Well, I went, I started so, looking at 1997. I got the oh, list yeah, of it. Oh, I've been working on the notes because I've got, yeah. I'm trying to come up with off season content. Yeah. So I'm going to do some history of. So I went through and I watched all the games against the Patriots. Now, there is one game in 2001 where the Patriots stomped the shit out of us uh, in that really losing season. Yeah that we were terrible too. That is in one of the top, like we were defeated, you know, only scored six points or something like that. Um, but the Panthers, you wouldn't believe if you went back and you looked at all the games in their team history have only been held to under seven, maybe like 12 times, 10 times. It's not as much as you would think. Right. And there were, how about this is just look at this is we'll do uh, pull up the 2010 season for me. 
and the tw- right. and the 2001 season. Those are the two worst seasons in Panthers history. Can we agree on that? Right, we Say, went two and fourteen. Yeah, I think we went two and fourteen in both of those seasons. Oh no, we went one and fifteen in two thousand and one. That's when we got Julius Peppers the next year, and we went two and fourteen in twenty eleven. They're the two worst seasons Record in Panthers wide, definitely yeah. history. So well, I got to look them pulled up. All right, tell me how many times in uh, twenty you picked the year the, the season we were held under six under seven points. Okay, so as you pull that up, that's one thing. Is and I would like to remind you guys that we have been held under six, under seven points, at least two times this year. I know the Giants did it and the Patriots did it today. Thank God. I mean, we were. I mean, we're. That's why I don't think it's the worst today. But I think there have. I think we've been held under seven three times this year i'll look that up right. too. in 2001 we were held under seven we hit seven points or less let's see one two three four times that's the worst panther season ever mm-hmm. seven points or less. all right now look in 2011 all right how many calls do we have left uh, go, here, I'll go through. Let's go to the next call while we're doing this. Hey, Kyle VA again. And just touch on a few manful old line situation a little bit more. Like, <clears throat> Brady Christensen not starting at left tackle is, like I said, he, he had like the highest PFF grade of all left tackles. Like, I mean, the dude did everything right last week and you reward him by not starting him and starting Dennis Davis. Dennis Davis, who is originally, as far as I know, a guard that you're trying to turn into a left tackle. He's pissed up. You drafted Brady Christensen to be a left tackle and you're trying to turn him into a guard when he looked good at tackle. When he finally looked good at tackle, the few snaps you've given him, a chance to look good. Like that alone right there. Like to me that's enough. We've seen enough of of the mismanagement, um, the dumb timeouts, the, the we're the most penalized team. That comes down to coach. I don't 100%. care what that comes down to coach. Like Did you see what Matt Rule said in his press conference about that right no, last week? He basically said, that's on I them. Just, like, I man, they're going to stop getting penalties. I don't understand his thinking on it. Like, why are you trying to – you have something that looked like it was working, but you're going to go back and switch it up to what, to something that hasn't worked. I don't understand it, man. Like, how, how do these people get paid millions of dollars to make these – dumb fucking decisions when it's obvious that anyone could see what what the right move was like how do you pay this man like how do you pay him that much money to fuck up your team yeah i mean look you, you guys know that i have been so completely pissed off over uh this whole attack whole position this entire year yeah this entire year they said that they viewed him as a right tackle 
at, over a left tackle because they don't like the length of his arms. So then they they finally uh, uh, at, when they finally have to play him. If you remember against Philadelphia, they put Taylor Moten at left tackle, and they let Brady Christensen start at right tackle. Oh, but no, then they didn't like that. So then they put Brady Christensen at left. He played well. He had one so-so performance. Then, like the caller alluded to, Brady Christensen last week was one of, if not the highest-rated left tackle in football, according to PFF. And then you don't let him play? Like, it, it makes no sense in the world. I guarantee you, all four of us on this podcast know more about football than Matt Rule does. Because point, any, yeah. any of us would have been able to make the correct decision. But our coach can't. So that's on him, man. And that's why we need a brand new head coach. I wanted to highlight this tweet, Tony, from um, Josh Norris. Because I feel like now media members at large are kind of starting to pick up on uh, what Panther fans have been saying forever. Panthers offensive line can't block anyone after the head coach and general manager prioritized it on day one of free agency. Panthers defensive line can't hold ground after spending multiple top picks, including number seven overall, and money on the defensive front. That's not to mention the numerous quarterback decisions that have been detrimental to the team. Then it says it's fair to question Matt Rule, the team builder. Every single bid-time question that Matt Rule has had to make regarding the offensive line, the quarterback position, the amount of players that young players start, uh, start on the football team has been a decision that hurt his own team. That's not a good head coach. He needs to be fired. And that's yeah, and I am, am pleased. I'm so glad someone hasn't called in with the year three narrative stuff. Like, yeah. you know, is because in college, bringing in your recruits does matter, right? Giving a college uh, coach time to recruit. But the NFL is not on the same timeline. And I don't know if I expected our team to have a better record. I actually did not expect our team to have a better record. Going into this season – the record is kind of where I expected us to be. I actually thought we would have won a little bit earlier and lost some of these that we've been in some different ways. It would have turned out. But the problem that I have here is that the team looks worse. Right. Um, yeah. Greg, is the, somebody put in the chat that we were held under 7.5 times in 2017. That's what I'm sitting here trying to look at right now. I'm going back and looking through all the years. Uh, 20, mm. 2001 was four. 2010 was four. Uh, 2021 so far is two. And it looks like... Uh, We're two, though. We still have like a whole seat. We haven't even had our bye week yet, dude. I'm trying to look. 2017, we weren't held to five times. We only had one, two, okay. three, four, five losses in 2017. Six losses. Maybe they said 2018. Maybe I read the number yeah. wrong. But still, um, interesting. I've got a list of games for you guys to consider. One for the worst game in Panthers history. Truly, uh, at this one is you got to go back. I think this was 1997. We were shut out by the Denver Broncos, 34 to nothing. The Broncos, though, were 9-1 and one at the time. Kerry Collins was picked three times, sacked four times, gave up 82-yard punt return. 
We gave up two punt returns in the in the first in the same quarter uh, for touchdowns. Pick six. Ooh. But there was another time in 2001 where we threw three pick sixes. It was Chris Winky threw three pick sixes in the same game, dude. Yeah, I think you um, made me in 2007. 2007, we had five losses where you only scored seven or less points. Maybe we okay. So. Um, so interesting. But I do, I would say that there is one, that Giants game this year and that Patriots game. Mm. Both of those, there's definitely an argument for what being in the top five of losses, right. and I would argue that the Giants game is top three, if mm. not number one in some places. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey guys, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pretty optimistic coming into today. You know, we came into this game defensively, the second ranked defense per EPA. We had the fourth highest um, pass rush win rate, the eighth highest rush stop win rate. So I was confident on defense's ability to get them off the field and, you know, hopefully force turnover to be the pressure that we were going to get. Uh, last year, we were a pretty heavy zoning team. We kind of upped that early in this year with the personnel we have back. As far as J.C. Horn went, Keith Taylor, we brought to the Henderson, and we, we kind of brought in some press man personnel. And we've almost gotten away from that. I know J.C.'s hurt now, obviously, but I feel like today was just kind of a disaster class from the coaching staff. And, and, and I'm sure you guys feel like Week in, week out, you're talking about a lot of the same things, right? You're talking about mediocre to poor coaching. You're talking about mediocre to poor quarterback play. And you're talking about um, situational miscues that, that come in on a, on a game-to-game basis. And it, it's frustrating, you know, as, as all of us fans and, and people that want to see this team succeed, see a lot of the same things. And the, the coaching staff not take a ton of responsibility for it. Um, when the talent's there, I I, I do think this, um, the coaching staff as a whole um, today was, was, was not the best. I mean, we're still the most penalized in the league, um, by the way, guys, which is beyond frustrating. Um, I, I I almost feel like in a certain way, you know, today I, I felt like we sat in, you know, in smartly a lot of zone coverage, a lot of like two trap situations. I think we actually should have sat in a little more of it because they were running those little uh, dragon spacings, stick the flat, uh, glance, glance RPOs, but they like to run because they're an RPO-based offense. And we, we lost up on both sides of the ball. Um, this, that, that was beyond frustrating. But I, I think the, the biggest thing that we have is not the cross offensive I think we want to run the ball. Um, Matt Rule has made that clear if he wants to be a run first team. Part of why we brought Cam Newton the ability to run the ball, the most rushing quarterbacks all the time by a uh, quarterback, and uh, I think he's second in yards right now. I am my favorite player of all time. But we have 20 – we have the 20 uh, – we, we have a bottom eight um, rush rush win rate. Um, uh, we have a – we have a, I think we have a 27th ranked uh, rush block win rate and the 28th ranked pass block win rate team in the league. Um, that is beyond frustrating for a team that wants to be a run first heavy team. And you look at some of the most efficient offenses right now, they either have a good offensive line to run the ball or they have a quarterback that can run the ball. And whenever we're not really – I thought today we did, we kind of got away – we really got away from, like, the stuff that was working last week in the quarterback run game with, like, you know, the, the quarterback powers, the draws, et cetera. And it's it, 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 – one second, it's about to run out. I'll, I'll be right back now. 
He's right, though, is that, you know, is that the team has shown zero consistency from week to week, and that's with the coaching staff. Last week, you came out there, and at least with against the Washington football team, there were some, we were coming up here saying, uh, look, the offensive line, when they do play better, Joe Brady's a better coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, they didn't play well, but Joe Brady had no answer. And the game plan wasn't well developed from the beginning. It just didn't seem like there was an answer at any level. The coaching staff looked shell-shocked this week. The defense looked shell-shocked last week. Everybody looks shell-shocked at this point. Everybody. Yeah. And, and uh, unprepared. Hey guys, Part I'm of the job of the coach is preparing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that – and it comes back to um, – you know, and, and th- does anybody think that if we would have, I guess the one, Mac Jones, is like the one quarterback as a rookie that's having success, went one today. Do we really think that he would be, that this coaching staff would be able to have him in a position for that type of success at this point? You know, is that he came into a coaching staff that's been there for a long time. Yeah. Into a stable situation. And not that their team was the greatest or anything like that. But again, is like putting... I just don't know if I feel confident putting – actually, I don't say I don't know. I will say this. I do not feel confident putting our decisions of our future in the hands of Matt Rule and, frankly, David Tepper and even Scott Fitter. You know, like, I mean, why shouldn't I have any confidence that they are going to make better decisions tomorrow than they did today Zero. and yesterday Zero and the day before? All I right, think that's the definition go. of insanity at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next call. Well, I am tired of the regression of the Panthers. It's like we make a great move, one good game, one step forward in the right direction. Next thing you know, we take 15 steps back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what can we do to make this team better. Either we fire Matt Rule, we find another college coach or experienced coach, or we got to do some roster changes because I'm getting tired of the mediocrity of my team. I've been a Panthers fan since I was seven. I'm 20 now. And I'm tired of the regression. Ever since we went to the Super Bowl the one time, it's just been a downward spiral. We can't blame Cam. He tried his best to put the team in the best place possible to win. But next thing you know, we just keep regressing over and over. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. And it hurts. We lost to the fucking Dolphins. The Dolphins. How do you lose to the Dolphins? They're no better than a deep, a fucking. They only had 315 yards of offense today. And they stomped us. Mm-hmm. I just want us to have a winning season. I don't care if we even make the wild card. At least just I'm tired of the downward spiral of my Panthers. Cody, think about that. Is that uh, we made the top. Oh, and if anybody tells us, who was it? Was it CK that said if they tell us that we're the best passing offense ever again? We're supposed to be the, they kept saying we're the number two offense or number two passing offense or whatever. And Tua comes in there and Tua goes 27 for 31 27 for 31 9% yeah yeah if you're if you're a quarterback that has a bunch of questions 
about your level of play and whether or not play you the Panthers. are a franchise quarterback. <laughs> play the Carolina Panthers, right. dude. It doesn't matter if you're Dan- Daniel Jones, Matt Jones, Drew Locke from last season, to attack of Iloa. It doesn't matter, dude. The Carolina Panthers defense is the answer to all that ails you, man. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's embarrassing, dude. There, there's no reason to be proud of this football team. There's no reason to believe that this team is going to turn it around. Um, yeah, man. It, we have to start being honest about what well, this team is. Well, that's the scary part is there's want. talent on this team, Cody. There's talent, supposedly, on this defense. There's talent. Uh, there's talented players, whether they're a number one or we got two number twos, uh, wide receiver. The fact that you told me coming this season, Terrace Marshall Jr., in fact, somebody owes me some I think we had a bet. I think we had a bet that uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. would put up, put up 600 yards. I had a bet with one of y'all about that. And, it would have definitely been Cody if that was a yeah, bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I hate to tell you, bro, I'd be interested to see if he puts up 50 yards at this point. He's probably only had two catches all season. I mean, I think that that's probably on uh, Joe Brady more than it well, is. Well, I think that – well, that's fine. That's fine. But see, here's the thing is there is, like I said, there's talent on this team. It might not be complete talent. It might not be complimentary talent. But there is enough talent to look better than this. Right? Um, There is enough talent to look better than this. And what I, and this is where the problem lies, is that when you're saying there's zero confidence to believe that it's going to be better, that feeling is valid because we have, what it feels like is people that don't know what to do with the ingredients, right? right? Yeah, like we, we have you uh, some really nice food ingredients, and you can't even just make us a basic eggs breakfast or something. That's fine. I don't even need you to make me an elaborate breakfast, but just make me some bacon and eggs, and don't burn the bacon. We've got some old convicts for lunch, ladies, <laughs> who are making foods, uh, and they have like five star ingredients. And, yeah, and this- can't do anything with it. Yeah, at this point, just give me a damn bowl of cereal. At least, at least, at least that's right. breakfast. They're not even going to breakfast right now, you know. Yeah, I mean, you just put ma- you just put mustard in your in the cereal and told us it was cereal, and you're like, no, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let's go to the next goal. And I, I, I just called. Um, it's beyond frustrating, you know. Like I'm not the offense. The, the offensive line today was a business. We, we didn't play well. Um. Cam, I actually want to say on that little, uh, I, I, I thought it was a starting concept. I could be, I could be wrong, but we had we, we had a little corner out for Robbie. I think leaders uh, running speed out, and we had a flat action knee. I want to say Cam thought that uh, Robbie was running a speed out, or or the yeah speed out. That's the depth he threw the ball at. Robbie was actually going to be open on that throw, but and, and then he forced that little ram six to uh, DJ, which you can't really force because. That uh, DJ didn't run off leverage immediately, and you typically want to see your guy come back, try to at least work back to his backside dig there. Uh, he didn't really read that correctly. But Kim, I, I I do want to give Kim a little break. I mean, he's still we got to remember he's two weeks into a scheme that we I mean fairly new to him, uh, but we have kind of worked back to a lot of those one or two concepts that I like. But um, in in terms of where I see us going, like headed, I I, I almost feel like. We are a team that's like we're just gonna be mediocre, right? And I, I think off the off, 
all season after all season. We haven't addressed this offensive line, and until we do that, we're not going to be an incredible football team. And we're going to have a hard time attracting the quarterback to come and play with us, especially whenever, I mean, they look at where we are up front, and, and it's not anywhere to be you know, happy about. Uh, Taylor Moten, the extension, that was important. We needed to do that. If we didn't do that, I was very, very mad. Um, Matt Paradis hasn't really panned out like he thought he would. Um, you know, we got a bunch of swing tackles quote-unquote versus players up front that aren't really very good. But we're, we're, um, I don't think we should fire my rule, but I, I think that's where I'm a little kind of off the train. Um, I think it's, it's almost – I actually view this kind of like I view the Hornets, right? I, I view it as until we, we put together a at least lead average offensive line, like the Hornets need to put a, together a least like just point of a defense in the center, I think that it's kind of hard to judge Matt. Like, being, especially Joe, like Joe Brady, he's a lot of criticism, but with port, you know, with mediocre quarterback playing, mediocre offensive line play, and receivers that aren't set Here's where I disagree. On a certain basis, it makes it hard to judge him. And I think until we address the offensive line, at least get league average in that, I'd like to see him kept around because, I mean, like, like we've been, I mean, uh, this game and at least, uh, uh, the Giants game as well. I mean, these have been two of the other games we've ever seen, and, and it comes down to a lot of situation in this period. So I don't really want to. I, I disagree with the end of this call. And and I'm not saying that Joe uh, firing uh, Matt Rule was going to solve it either. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to get the next move right after that. But the continued, oh, but if they had this, but if they had this. That's fine to say they don't have an offensive line. You can say that about Joe Brady. And Cody was on here just two weeks ago saying, hey, is that he's still standing with Joe Brady and then with an offensive, without an offensive line and quarterback, how can you judge him? But here's the problem. Matt Rule has made the decisions about this team. He made the decision to go with these guys. He made the decision to not address this. And really, we all knew this from the beginning. We all said this, build that wall, whether it's for Cam, whether it's for Teddy Bridgewater, even the people who said we were off the mark and being too hard on Teddy Bridgewater. We all agreed that the team would not get progressively better until you address the offensive line. It would get better with a game-changing quarterback who could overcome some of those that adversity a little bit more often. But even that person would not be able to reach the fullest of their potential without building an offensive line. And what do we do? We don't get an offensive line till the uh, lineman till the third round. We get two bums that are not that man F line. Actually, you know what? F line's playing his best football. It's just he's just they playing at center now. But there's nothing good about this offensive line, and that's a failure of personnel failure by this coaching staff to not reckon they have they have done even the I think the Darnold thing shows it a lot too is they thought they were smarter than everybody else. They thought that they could do this despite the ingredients. Yep. They were gonna go out there and do this chop challenge and win this sucker. And this is very reminiscent to me of Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman thought he could outcute everybody. He thought he could outsmart everybody. He thought he was the smartest dude in the room, and he tried to do it the hard way. 
He tried to be stubborn. He put too much stock in himself. Instead of just saying this, go get good damn football players and win football games. It ain't that fucking hard. 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. It's Kyle Hampton calling in. I've never done it before. But just What's up, because, uh, after this loss, everybody's going to be blaming Ken and saying how bad he is. I don't know. This sucks. I've still got faith in him. Looking forward to next season. Let's ask this then, is instead of just, and look, is that, um, I understand, look, Cam deserves criticism today for not having a good game. You can throw the butts out there. You can throw this. You can say offensive line didn't play. I mean, there's a, a lot. And like, again, this loss goes beyond one player, one moment, one thing, right? But Cam was part of it. But really, is coming off the bye week, do you guys believe that P.J. Walker gives you a better chance to win than Cam Newton? No. Who in here is ready to say that? Listen, I was talking to a friend the other day about P.J. Walker, and he's very, very pro P.J. Walker. And P.J. Walker, while I think he's a good quarterback and can serve well as a backup quarterback in the NFL, would not be wearing a professional jersey if um, Matt Rule was not our coach. I'm sorry, he wouldn't. If he didn't have a connection with Matt Rule at Temple, he would not be playing professional football right now. Not to say he's not good enough to be on the field, he's not a great player, but that's the, that's the only reason he's on the field right now. And to to comments like, like this, oh PJ Walker had more yards at the end of the day. Oh, he was making throws that Cam Newton couldn't. Yeah, in, in garbage, garbage time, time. Mm-hmm. when they're playing off coverage. Yeah, that, like that's what I like, mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah. Does everyone say that have the football IQ of a second grader? Like, what are you talking about, man? Well, he does have some life to his arm. You know, it's kind of... He does. He does. There is some life to PJ's arm, but he also doesn't... That's not the only thing. There are other things that go into you winning. Right. And PJ showed his ability to make some terrible decisions, and he turned the ball over on his first damn pass or whatever it was. Uh, was so like drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. The game by that point is out of hand. Nobody really cares. Nobody was even watching. The Panthers didn't even care at that point. Matt Rule didn't even care at that point. He had already quit caring about this game. Right. So is that is, but does PJ Walker give you a better chance to win coming off the bye uh, than Cam? And I am not ready to go there yet. Nope. You know, is that I want to see a little bit more of Cam. Why? Because y'all assholes brought him here. Yeah. Oh, another decision by this coaching staff in this. Did I say for them to bring him in? Nope. Not a single damn time. Not a single damn time. Oh, and you want to go back to another uh, example of poor team building that has to do that going back under the temper rule is drafting Will Greer instead of, why don't you draft an offensive lineman there? We have never drafted. How's your offensive line going to get better, assholes? How? How? Yep. It you, you, you draft bum-ass players for a bum-ass idea that it's going to work out instead of just draft an offensive line. When you don't know what to do, folks, just draft an offense or a defensive lineman. It's that simple in the NFL. It's just like, it's that simple. Just pick that best guy on the board, whatever those stupid-ass scouts told you. Whoever the well, best one is at that moment, just pick that guard, that tackle, that everything, and one of them will work out one day. But it's also, we did draft some offensive linemen. But our coach doesn't even want to see what we have in them. 
our coach, but not till the third. Our, our, our coach, yeah, but okay. What if Brady Christensen is good enough? The fact, no, yeah, is, yeah. You know, I mean, that's fine. It, it, Play it, him. It, it, listen, it, 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 if Brady Christensen is or isn't good enough, we would have no way of knowing. And you're gonna go into next year having no way of knowing unless you play them, thereby redoing this entire experiment that could have happened this year. Now you're doing it next year. I think if you go back to the draft night show that after I got upset with the JC, you know, like that initial I'm by the way, I'm never happy with the initial pick the Panthers make. Um I don't know if you went back and looked at any of the shows they got. They got like I was like, hell yeah, that's the dude. Um, I was happy. I think I said I'd be okay with them drafting offensive linemen in the first three rounds. So what I'm saying is this is, yes, play Brady Christensen, Cody. But we could have drafted Brady Christensen in the third and still drafted dude in the first and the second. Yeah, That's like how much we needed. That's yeah. how much we needed is that you could have gotten Slater. Imagine having Slater and Christensen just being available on this ride. What you would think about the future of that yeah. line, that it was going in the right direction. Now you're trying to, what, are we going to build around Moten and Eflin? Or uh, Slater. Uh, how about you pick up Trey Smith instead of a long snapper? And Big you Snack looked it. pretty good today. Ooh, that should be our player. He's our dab on him pick. He's Big Snack. I'm not dabbing on anyone. I, 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 I don't call. care what going next call. nobody gets it. So here's the thing. I know everybody is up in arms about the whole issue with uh, Cam Newton, but the biggest issue outside of the coaches is, yes, I think we do have a lot of play calling issues, but the biggest issue is is that we do not have offensive linemen. We have never drafted offensive linemen as a pass. We've never seen the importance mm-hmm. of drafting offensive linemen. The last offensive lineman we had was Jordan Gross that we actually drafted that was actually higher up with the exception of Brady Christensen here, here recently. And we don't Rich. focus on offensive linemen. Uh, Moten was the second. We always focus on the defensive side of the ball. So you can't ask for a, offensive, offense, a team to become offensive Greg when Little you don't was focus on offense. So until we fix that, we're going to have an issue on the offensive side of the ball, no matter who your quarterback is, whether it's True. Sam, Cam, it doesn't matter. You're going to have problems. That's, that's the, the problem. That's the call of the night for Agreed. me. Let's keep going. Love that call. What's going on? It's your boy, uh, Ricardo. It's your first time uh, caller, long time listener. Thanks, Ricardo. Absolutely Ricardo. love the show, guys. Keep the great work. Man, Appreciate today you, man. was a tough game. It was not the outcome at all that I was expecting. Almost every part of our team looked horrendous. And uh, every part did. Staff is getting a lot of uh, well deserved hate. Um, for sure. There's been so many missteps almost <laughs> every step of the way. But, you know, I I do want to give them credit, though. I think a lot of times with this franchise, we put, like, a, a lot of the things that are going bad under a microscope. And, um, you know, there's, of course, a lot of shitty things happening. But, like, let's look at the good things, you know. We do have overall a good defense. Uh, they didn't show it the last two weeks, but our defense has been number two in the league uh, overall. And Matt Rule has built that, you know. Matt Rule did build this roster, and they're not executing. Um, and, you know, here, here's the way that I look at it. You have a different coach in there, say Eric Bieniemy, um, or someone like that, then this team makes the playoffs. This team makes a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe it is a coaching staff and we should just cut them loose. But I think realistically David Tepper is not going to do that. Um I think Matt Rule is his guy. He's going to stick with him. 
because look, let's not forget that we ended last year five and eleven, and we're probably on track to be better than that this year. And personally, I wasn't looking for playoffs. The fact that it was even a possibility for us this year was super exciting, but not what I was expecting. I was hoping for at least 500, and you know that's still within grasp. Um, and if we get there, then hey, I'm happy. And I think David Tepper it will be happy with that too, and he'll probably keep rule along for at least another year, see what it looks like. So, you know, uh, hopefully this upcoming draft, we could figure out something to do somewhere, man, somewhere on the offensive line. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for listening to me. And peace. Two uh, good calls back to back. In some ways, I agree with the, the fir- that last call started out strong about the sneeze. <coughs> but, um, bless you. The, thank you. But the Matt rule, um, some things that I won't say that uh, you're wrong about or the call is wrong because it's not about being right or wrong. He is. Sometimes we microscope things. But uh, is right now is the two things I take kind of ombridge with with that is like statistically the defense, they tell me it's good. But who have they stopped is the first question I have. And then the second one about Matt Rule is, is I would have agreed with you 1,000% before the beginning of the season that Matt Rule gets a second, a third year. Yeah. But each passing week that, we that get goes worked. by, I think that the it, it just seems like we're walking closer to a Matt Rule getting fired. Yeah. Well, And it, if you had a meter, guys, right, the fire Matt Rule meter, yeah. would you say it's gone up over the last – Month. Oh yeah! If it's a meter Definitely. from one to ten, I'd say right now, considering this is David Tepper's meter, it's probably on a six or a seven, mm-hmm. which I think he never dreamed it would get this high. And can I can I tell you my fear is the like my you know my meter's all the way to fire. It's been there for a while. This caller laid out the perfect recipe for exactly what I think with our luck is going to happen with the Panthers. They're going to finish maybe seven and ten. It's going to screw up our draft where we're not going to get a high draft pick. And because we have a winning season better than last year, not a winning season, a season better than last year, technically, Rule getting another shot. He just laid it out perfectly for what's probably going to happen, and it sucks. You know? um, well, last week I said, or maybe after Arizona, I said that uh, Cam Newton saved Matt Rule's job. I don't even know if Cam Newton can save Matt Rule's job. And on top of that, what makes us think that we're going to win any games going forward? The only thing that it could be is that we play Atlanta. Who else should we beat? Buffalo, Buffalo loses games they should win all, like the easy teams they should win all the time. Right, but are you going to bet on it? No, no, hell no. But they got right now is that, is that would you say it's fair that the over under for the rest of the season is one point five? 1.5 wins over under. Yeah. So yeah, two I mean, would be that, two would be like kind over, of top yeah. end, and one would be acceptable. That's kind of the breaking point. I, I one or right. two. I think that's about right. That sucks. That Gosh. sucks. After you have, it felt like um, you were in a, at five wins so early in the season. Mm-hmm. Right, is that I feel like anything under eight uh, for this year is now a disappointment after starting out five and six or whatever. That sucks, but I can't see, again, can you see a pathway 
to nine or something or eight wins i don't think so next call what up fellas uh i come watch the game the broadcast was uh messing up in oklahoma lucky you game but i was watching snippets of it a lot of this could be cam fault i mean he's still not getting the ball down the field still not accurate uh, we need better at quarterback. I don't know where to begin with this line. We can go years before uh, leading up to this this season. The line never been elite. Never got any help. Even the ones that we blossom, let go. Uh, if we need to rebuild, we're going to be irrelevant for years. So, like, we taking on the Browns, um, saga. Sucks. Shit. It hurts. I mean, I done played both of my brother teams last week and this week. So, Washington football team. And now the Dolphins. Um... We didn't look this bad in Ron era, but Ron, he disappointed me as a coach uh, for letting Cam talent go to waste, not getting him protection. So I have it out for Ron as well, but um, I'm very disappointed. Shit just hurts. It does hurt. Good call right there. We're with you, bro. Lock arms. Get on the counts. This is therapy for us. Um, therapy for Panther fans. Smash the thumbs up button. Get in the chat room and tell me, uh, do you think that the appropriate number for over-under wins for the remaining season is 1.5? That would put the Carolina Panthers at, is that six wins for the season would be the under, seven wins would be the over, or should be it? should it be two? And I think personally, I'm saying that two is too gracious. That's offering. That's a little too optimistic. I think I should be an odds maker. The number is 1.5 in my mind. Our number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. <sighs> Feel you, brother. I wasn't going to call in, man. Nah, <laughs> I wasn't. Finally. This is you, baby. You know what the fuck this is, man. Actually. I wasn't going to call in, man. But I have so much anger in my heart. I I didn't know what to say. I'm with you. I'm bro. speechless, man. This show's this been this tough. performance today. It hits Miami Dolphins had it was easily the worst performance I've ever seen Carolina put up in the history of the franchise, or as long as I've been a fan. This was pathetic. This was like some. It was over at the end of the third. You're on your own third yard line to start the game. And you come out past in your own end zone. Oh, we almost gave up a safety too today. That ball should have went to 22. All three plays. And if you have to punt, then if you have to punt, then go ahead and punt. I agree. Lack of Christian McCaffrey, and this was early. Voodoo in the passing game at the start of the fucking game, man. 
I'm so shocked we lost this bum-ass team, man. This is all coaching, man. What did I tell you guys? What did me and Greg try to tell you guys? As soon as we got fucking Matt Rule, what did me and Greg, what did Greg and I tell you, motherfucker? I like this call. I know. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Cody Lack. I've been, I haven't given you grief lately, but you, you got the motherfuckers like Cody Lack. So we want the new, new offense, offense and we, we want the big splash plays, and we want the college, we want the college. This and that, man. Fuck that shit, Brad. This is the motherfucking NFL. College. That shit don't mean shit in the NFL. I can't believe it's the same shit. Like I can't believe we're talking about this shit again, bro. This Eric Benenimi shit, man. Oh my god, putting the right personnel on the field, and that's my next fucking call, man. I'm about to really get into depth. And Tony, let me talk my fucking yeah, dude, because I got a lot on my mind and I take the time to fucking call into this fucking podcast. Oh, man, I love to fucking it. You, I will play. So let me fucking preach, my nigga. I got so much shit to fucking say about this fucking coaching staff, bro. Joe Brady, you fucking four-eyed bitch, bro. You a fucking hoe. You a fucking hoe. Joe Brady a hoe and Phil Snow a fucking hoe and Matt Rule, you the fucking biggest hoe. And that's real shit. You call him that fool on this podcast, man. I hate you motherfuckers, man. I truly <laughs> I got you, G baby. That's what this podcast is for, homie. So you call, you let your here's your piece. Get on the couch. Get on the couch and get it out, bro. Why is Brady Christmas in that guard that rule? That's what Why I've been would you pull him G. off of the national his natural position is a fucking tackle, bro? He just had a career game the past week. Why fuck that up, man? Why fuck that chemistry up, Matt Rule? I don't get it. Well, why? Phil Snow. Why is fucking hearts filled? The dude with one hand starting over your two all pro corners. Mm-hmm. Hearts filled started over fucking Stefan Gilmore and AJ Boye. They thought that's a fucking problem, man. By the way, AJ Boye has been kind of trash the last couple weeks. I want, I want you guys to wrap your, your hand up and only have one hand and wipe your ass, bro, and try and be successful. That's what this man's trying to do on the fucking professional football field, bro. Yeah. That shit pisses me off, man. It was nice to see CJ Henderson get the fucking start. Finally, Phil Snow. That's the one thing you did right. You started CJ Henderson. But why is Stephon Gilmore not glued That's to what fucking Jalen Waddle from start to finish? You, mm-hmm. It's the same shit as last week. Stephon Gilmore should have fucking been glued to their top receiver. Or they think the he's old. Yeah. And now fucking Stephon why Gilmore should have been stuck to fucking Jalen Waddle now, throughout agreed. the whole game. That's not Dante's pedic. That's, that's not what Dante does, bro. He don't do that traveling shit. That's how Gilmore, the Hall of Fame corner that you guys went and traded him for. That's what he does. So why is he not starting? Why is he not traveling with Jalen? I promise you, bro. Mm-hmm. Put fucking step on Gilmore. Stick him to the number one receiver the entire game, bro, and go from there. That's why you got the motherfucker, man. Especially not after last week. At the start of the fucking game. And you got a dude with one hand out there starting, getting his ass busted, man. <laughs> bro, you fucking suck, bro. 
You fucking suck. And Justin Burns, you fucking suck, you bum-ass motherfucker, bro. We have no fucking safety play, bro. I'm going to say it again. We have no fucking safety play. And until we fucking get some fucking safeties in this motherfucker, bro, these motherfuckers are going to be airing it out. Dante Jackson's going to be stuck on a fucking island with no fucking safety over the fucking top, bro. So all the motherfuckers that want to shit on Dante, get your ass on a fucking island and travel with the best fucking corner or one of the best corners in the – or receivers in the NFL, one of the fastest receivers, and be successful with no fucking help. With no exactly. goddamn help. Be a cornerback in the I NFL. I would love to go see you do that, CK. Go I'm ready to respond to this. We have no fucking safety play. And our fucking linebackers suck besides Shaq. Why is it Frank? Oh God! Uh, like, he was like, ready. Uh, he was on time, ready for you to yeah. come. It. Yeah. But also, like right after it was also right after you had said something. Yeah. So it's like, like, like he call. replied. <laughs> yeah, he replied directly to. You. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Uh, was he, he was ready. He was ready. All right, go ahead, CK. So my issue with that statement is exactly the issue. Right. What you're telling me is this guy that you said was a dog, G baby. You said. Dante Jackson is a man's man. He deserves a number one corner's pay, right? That's that's kind of your your approach with Dante Jackson. He is the guy. But don't don't put him on the number one wide receivers. Don't don't do that. We we want to pay him, but we don't want to actually have him make a valuable con- contribution to the team as a number one cornerback, right? Like, let's be real about something here. I mean, G baby, I get the emotion and I completely agree with a good portion of this. Like, there's a lot of frustration along with what's going on with the cam with Cam Newton, with the, the team as a whole, the coaching staff. We've all kind of jumped onto that mountain, right? We're dying on that hill. But to sit there and defend Dante Jackson after he has been a major liability to this team. For the let's be honest, when is the last time we talked positively? It's been about five weeks since we've had a good conversation about Dante Jackson. So Maybe all this three. regression, Arizona. We had good conversations about most players in Arizona. But I mean, again, we were going. He was going. He didn't even have DeAndre Hopkins out there, right? He didn't have Kyler Murray throwing the ball out to him, right? I mean, true, so we can true. we can talk about that. His best games have been against lackluster offenses. Like the problem with that that defense, like. I was right there with you. I was praising Dante Jackson for a good portion of this year. But you're starting to see Dante Jackson be who Dante Jackson has been. He cannot cover the number one wide receiver. And that's on that's not Dante's fault. That's our coach's, coach's fault that they're not putting Stephon Gilmore or giving him help over the top. You're right. But you cannot sit there and defend Dante Jackson as a good cornerback if you're saying he can't run with the best uh, wide receivers in the league. Because and there is... Isn't that a good conversation to be had, though? Mm-hmm. Like, one, I think it's safe to say that Dante has had a heavy task on his hands two weeks in a row, but it's legitimate to say that he is not uh, uh, that shut-down corner, that number one corner that even he might env- envision himself to be. I mean, Matt Rule tries to let him travel around, put him on the fastest-speed receiver on the other football team, and now this is the second time in a row he gets absolutely cooked. But also, we can go back in his career and look at other times when number one wide receivers cooked them also. So it's not like this is a new phenomenon of, of no. top-tier wide receivers cooking Dante Jackson. It's not. And, well, I, I, I have a question, and I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll pose this to you and then and and then take it and say whatever you want. Why did the Panthers trade for Stephon Gilmore if we're not going to use him in these very scenarios that are quite literally made for him? I don't understand. Right, I would start with this is one is that um, we like now with the trade part, we like to run man coverage and you can see that today and man coverage allows our front our defensive front to do cooler things. Um, so I think that trading for Stefan Gilmore was the him and CJ Henderson were just almost like, like throwing things at the wall until it sticks to fix what we lost with JC Horn. The only thing I want to say about Dante is that I think that last year he was kind of the flogging boy, the whipping boy of the team. Um, I mean, the homeboy had 100 yards against him. Um, and yes, is that, I, and you're right, is that I don't think any, I'm ready to say, or at any point I've been ready to say that Dante Jackson is is a number one corner because he doesn't have the size to be. Like, I'm sorry, like you just, right. you know, you can't be the freak. Like you, that you can be the Steve Smith where you overcome your size. But then there's Megatron, who had who was like a freak of nature, like a Julius Peppers. As a freak of nature, not only do they have the physical attributes, they are overcoming even that. Dante Jackson can be a very good corner. In fact, I think he is a good corner. I think that you don't have to say he doesn't have to be a number one for us to bring him back, right? right and this goes you know back to Greg's statement. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know that actually, but you know, I mean, I'm sure every player is looking for the that. But like Greg said, is not every contract has to set the record. Mm -hmm. So I could see a future where Dante Jackson is part of the team, but not at the expense of of other acquisitions. Right? Is that he is an easier replaceable part than a top number one like Gilmore would have been like three years ago. Right. But I think Cody brings a good point. At this point, why did you bring Cam in? Why did you bring Gilmore in? And why do you run Dante on? Like, why is Gilmore? Is he to like? Is he just not good anymore? He's already. I mean, his snaps went up last week. His snaps went up last week, and everybody says he's great. But like, if why aren't we putting him on these guys? Especially when Dante's struggling. You don't have to do it every play, but you see Dante get burned a couple of times. Help my man out a little. Did did Gilmore not yep. suit up today? Yeah, he played out there. No, he, he just didn't play. play. He, he just lot. didn't play on Waddle. Okay. When they were so chunking it and doing time. their thing, so it's just like why is it? all right? So here comes G Baby for the last time. I think. Sorry, putting Dennis Davey at fucking left tackle, motherfucker. Please, man. Trent Scott, the fucking fifty-five overall Madden, bro, and that's who fucking who, who Matt Rule has on our offensive line protecting Cam Newton, man. Like, what the fuck are we doing? These incompetent motherfucking coaching staff, man. This has nothing to do with the fucking personnel, bro. We have, bro, we have so much fucking talent, and y'all don't want to fucking try and ship motherfuckers away to fucking rebuild again? Bro, I'm 30, bro. I ain't trying to spend another fucking five years trying to fucking get my thoughts together and fucking cheer for this fucking team, bro. Well, I've been cheering for this team since 97, dog. Like, what the fuck? Y'all are taking years off my fucking life. I'm losing my hair off the top of my fucking head for you motherfuckers, man. <laughs> He's not we have wrong. no fucking safety play. And fucking Dennis Daly's fucking over here at left tackle. Brady Creech is going to have the best game of his fucking life last week. And he's not starting at fucking his tackle position. And that's what he played in fucking college. Matt Rue, you fucking incompetent bitch. 
You incompetent bitch. Therapy's not always uh, pretty, Panther Rules. I'm so pissed, man. We just gave away two games. We should have fucking won. Uh, make that five this season. Or could have. Actually, I don't no, think we should have won this one. I ain't gonna even say we should have won this one. Position. Or could Lulu have. Lulu needs to be starting a fucking linebacker because Jermaine fucking sucks dick. Jermaine, uh, Justin Burris sucks like a motherfucker, bro. Dante Jackson needs to move to fucking safety. And our offensive line is fucking hot garbage. Phil Snow, you're a bitch. J.D. Brady, <laughs> Brady, what are you doing, bro? What do you do? Like, what do you do all fucking week, bro? Thanks, G Baby. Thanks, G Baby. All right. I know it's tough right now, Panther fans. It's tough being a Panther fan. People's hair is falling out. Their 30s feeling like the next 70s. Right? My man turned. He said, I'm 30 years old, but I feel like a man live a life of a 70 year old at this point. Getting out of bed, it was tough. Uh, when it comes to this game, guys, is uh I knew it. Uh, man, I feel like a uh, the the Dolphins were um, the better team all around today. And the only reason we should have won this game is because we thought on paper we were better than them going in. They played better than us everywhere. They were coached better than us. They had a better offensive game plan. They had a better defensive game plan. They weren't scared of us. They did exactly what they wanted, when they wanted. So there was no reason we should have won this game other than our wishes and optimism that we could have won this game just because we thought the Dolphins weren't good uh, because they lost five in a row to start the season. But there are games out there that we have left on the table. We left the Washington game on the table. We left the Eagles game on the table. Um, well, give me another one. We won the Falcons. We, we could have won the Dallas game. You know? Giants. Um, Nah, couldn't have won that one. They play outplayed us in that one. There was another game I felt like uh, right after the. So we, we had an overtime game too, didn't we? What was yeah, so yeah, I mean, they straight up, be, yeah, yeah, Vikings. Um, now they are a way better team than us, but in those games we're closer. This game, the Miami Dolphins just whooped our ass, and they whooped our ass so badly that you asked, "Why did you get in the ring in the first place?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where you start going. You look at around the room and you're saying, and, and that's like, more, and I, I, I see there's some dolphin fans around here. Um, I don't want to be a, this is no disrespect to your team, but the ass whooping was so bad that now this is a period of introspection at this point, you are going to whoop our ass no regardless. But now we got to figure out why the hell we're getting our asses whooped so bad. And it turns out, we're out of shape. We're overconfident. We ain't pr- putting into work. We got a bad diet. We got we ain't no trained discipline. right. Yeah, yeah. We're undisciplined. We haven't trained right, and that tells me, man, that these problems are deep. These problems are deep, and I don't know. Like we've been around and around this circle about what coaching does determine, right? In the past. Whether it's ex- like, do the players need to execute? Do the coaches need to coach better? We've done this about tackling. We've done this about pass catching. We've done this on a lot of things. And, you know, I think there's good arguments on both sides that you guys have made about how coaching is responsible or not responsible. But I do believe that coaching lends towards preparation and resolve and focus and right now i don't see anything that suggests that this coaching staff 
has got it together. Right. Like, you mean, give me, I mean, give me anything that tells you, tells anybody that they are, they are what, like, like G baby said, what the fuck you doing during the week? Yeah. And whatever you're you know, doing ain't the right thing. You know what I also think? Like, I mean, I think we could all agree on this. If you are number one in the league in penalties, that's on coaching. Right. Thousand percent. If if you have a team that isn't showing effort, that's on coaching. Yep. So I mean, those things are things that we're seeing. Those are two right. of our biggest problems. That's one of the things that Cody points out is DJ Moore's issue. He's not showing effort, right? That's on coaching. Like you you don't have these guys fighting for you. Overcoming those- weaknesses on your team. Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of like, is that I always said that, like, I'm not making excuses for these guys anymore. Sam Darnold had to play behind a shit offensive line. Look, even people saying Cam didn't have time to throw. I don't even really give a shit anymore about that. Is that this is what we have to work with. This is what we have to work with. And it should be better than this. Right. You know, Dennis Daly ain't going to be good. Don't worry. I've seen tackles that are bad. I've seen the Byron Bells. I've seen the Matt Khalils. I've seen all of these stupid-ass experiments. I know that these guys suck, but they shouldn't even suck this bad. You know, last year they said to me, somebody said that our offensive line looked better than it was because Joe Brady schemed it that way. Well, where the fuck is that scheme in this, what, this year? Right? That's what I'm just saying. It's like, this is the team we got, and we should be able to put up a better fight than that. Yeah. A better oh, fight than that. But again, it, and here's the thing: is I, I with Dolphins fans in here, like that the Dolphins team that we face today isn't a surprise, right? It, if you look at the first six games of the season, yeah, sure, right? Yeah, it right. is a bit of a surprise. But like for the last six games, they yeah, they won a, three in a row. They're in a Four really in good row now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're not in a bad spot. Like these guys are fighting for their lives in the AFC. And they have fought well. Like, yes, have they had, you know, they faced the Jets last week, right? Or, um, yeah, the Jets, right? Yeah, they faced the Jets last week. And and so I think a lot of the that, the winning that game is the, the fact that it was the Jets there, you know, people were taken away from that. Um, we won against the Jets too. But guess what? We didn't win in, you know, in, in convincing fashion against them, right? And that's the thing. It's like, like when we came into this, we should know what we have. And I think Cam Newton was one that kind of gave us hope that maybe we were going to be able to do something more than we were. Um, and now, you know, we realize that we're just an all-around bad team. And that was one of my, one of my fears is, like, I, I think, what was it after the uh, the Texans game? We won that game, and, Tony, you were, like, felt worse about this team than I think you did um, after. It's goal, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, because you were like, goal. it should have, we were facing a backup quarterback that was a rookie backup quarterback. And we still weren't as a defense able to destroy. Like he actually did a very good job and was very efficient against our offense or our defense. What is his name? Davis something? Miles Bradley da- Davis. Oh, something like that. Brad Davis. Miles or- Davis. Miles Davis. Thank you. <laughs> Davis Isn't Miles that? I feel like that's an old uh, singer. Brad, what'd you say it was? CK? I, I can't remember now. Now that you say it, I like I'm sitting here questioning myself. Um, so I'm not 100% sure on the exact name, but yeah. that, that, that's you know exactly what, the point. You- <laughs> You're right. Uh, you know, though, I guess the most surprising thing about the Dolphins is that they weren't better than uh, earlier. 
this year. You know, yeah. because they went 11 and 5 last year. They have Flores. It seemed like they were getting their pieces right. They had draft picks. You thought they were going to be taking a step forward. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Yeah. Miles Davis. Was, uh, Miles Davis was a trumpet player or something, right? Yes. Yeah, anyway, yeah. he could have, damn. He could have, damn, beat us, uh, too, probably. I'm with you. Um, and it just like this is where the team just should look more cohesive. And that was the credit I gave this staff last year. That in a rookie year, so many question marks about a coaching staff coming in, a young coaching staff, college bound, um, COVID year, and we looked more prepared week to week than we did, more competitive week to week than we did this year. And so what's crazy is, as I feel that our five, what are we now? Five and six, four and six, we're four, five, oh, five and six. Oh. We're five yeah, and six. Five and- no, we're five and, five and seven. Uh, five and seven. Yeah. Five and seven. Is I feel like we, if you looked at the Eagles right now, they probably have the same record as us. But they have, I bet you, uh, they feel better about their team than we They're do. They're getting better. That's the problem. It's yeah. like, they've played teams haven't. competitively in the world. They're losses. getting worse. We, yes. we have no reason to not believe, especially with a bye week coming off of a bye and playing at home. Like we have two weeks. Uh, I tell you what, if I have to be any kind of optimist, here it is, okay? The fact that we have two weeks now to assess our football team. And when I say us, I mean our coaches, right? Yeah. We have two weeks to assess this football team, look at what we're doing, uh, make necessary changes, and hope that that even happens, and get healthy and come up with a game plan to play our best football going down here in the next six weeks. And, you know, as annoying as it is to say, and no, I don't believe that the Panthers are going to do anything with it, but we're not eliminated yet. We are not eliminated. We could go, uh, what, uh, 10 and 7? And, you know, the hysterical you know, thing is if we won today, we were in the wild card. Like, we were the wild card position. Well, see, that's we the, the today. missed opportunities with this team. That's why I'm even more infuriated, where I'm so <laughs> infuriated, is I know it's a Ron uh, Ron Rivera's team could pull together and cobble the, co- cobble together some wins right there. But even even think about this, is after New England, I thought the season was over. But we go on the road, bring in Cam, and get a win against Arizona. And then you have what is a winnable game because we almost, I mean, we were in it a little bit with Washington, our defense late, right? You had this opportunity right now to be going into this week already at 500, ready to step ahead into the bye week. And then come out, imagine, you know what I'm saying? If you would have, just think if we would have won the last three. What the yeah. momentum would have been like going into the bye week. But a re- the reason we part or a large part of the reason that we didn't win the last three was not because we couldn't have, but because this coaching staff wasn't ready. They yeah. weren't ready for the challenge. They didn't get the team ready for the challenge. No. And unless it's, you know, Matt Rule comes out on the podium and he always says, um, when when these mistakes come back, I got to be the first one to say we got to do a better job coaching. If he gets to say that and do lip service to that, whatever that line is, we should be saying it too. We should be saying it too. Is that if he continues to trot out there and say this comes back to coaching, then we get to say it. 
and this comes back to coaching on all levels, and it's on the players. It's on everybody except for Zane Gonzalez and Big Snack. <laughs> Last two calls. Three. I'm just fucking heartbroken. Fuck! You got beat by the fucking fans. Why do we keep getting beat by fucking losers? And also, they didn't have a winning record. You know what I'm saying? So these are, again, is no, no disrespect to them, but in, in theory, that nobody's, like, great on the field at this point. Mm-hmm. They're getting better, though. We're getting worse. And they're getting better. How are they getting better when they have a quarterback controversy that they created themselves? Right? Like, I mean, like, they're the ones that made all this Deshaun... Watson rules that we don't believe in Tua anymore, yeah. basically, is what that says. And they're still getting better. Yeah. That might be That's Tua crazy. Just, just being a good player and saying, also, well, if you guys don't believe me, I'll make show everybody. Well, also, yeah. Brian Flores is a, is a legit head coach uh, who, with tenure in the NFL, has mm-hmm. been with the Patriots, is very well respected. Um, and I would just like to point out from CJA here, and I mentioned this, I think, a week or two ago. But all the teams that we're fighting for a wild card with, all those teams have a head-to-head tiebreaker with us. So not only is it unrealistic, <laughs> not, o- not only is it unrealistic that we're going to be able to win out, but I mean it leaves no margin of error. Right. Going forward, we have to be absolutely perfect. And even when things are lined up for them to go perfect for the Carolina Panthers, we find a way they to shoot worse. the head anyway. They get worse. And and that's on coaches, man. This team is actively regressing. And uh, again, uh, this is a name that doesn't get said very often. Phil Snow's name has to come up, too. Yeah. It it, it has to come up. Yeah. Even he is now, you know, because it's like it felt like our defense was prepared early in the season. Now, even they are part of the problem. No one is excused other than Zane Gonzalez. Last call. It's not. It's fucking not just Cam. It's the whole fucking everybody. It's the playbook. It's the offense. It's and I believe you me. I love the fucking head on Cam. I'm still mad at Cam for fucking Von Miller bitching him up. But it's not just Cam's fault, man. It's, it's the whole. It's the overall fucking team. You guys got to own that shit. Cam's an asset right now, and we're not even. I, I don't know. We fucking suck. And don't <laughs> fucking put this on the air because this fucking sucks. <laughs> Too late. Oh, I'm not here. Too late. Right. With that. <laughs> if Thanks you don't want it on the air, don't call in. <laughs> Thanks for the calls, or at least say that at the beginning, and then we can cut it off then. No, I actually like those calls. That's fine. There's honesty in, in those calls right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of, we, we've reached the end of the calls, um, just some things to be thinking about for Tuesday is uh, as the Carolina Panthers head into the bye week and Matt Rule and his team are, um, I guess, tirelessly, tirelessly working to correct this, what are the conversations that David Tepper and Scott Fitter are having this week? Very interesting to be thinking about for Tuesday night's show. On top of that, I'm starting to wonder what are the positive things you build around going forward for this team? I think that the positive is that this organization is starting to realize how much of a of a importance the offensive line needs to be. I think that's what this takeaway is going to be is that they're going to I I would Early like than to never I guess. I would like to think that their thought process here is going to be fuck the quarterback, we need to get the offensive line in order. 
because no matter what quarterback we put out on the field, it has not worked with this offensive line. And I also hope that they realize that Joe Brady isn't a NFL caliber uh, offensive uh, coordinator. All things to be thinking about. Um, and even if you're going to rebuild with the coaching staff, I think that that's going to frankly mean a rebuild on the roster inherently too, right? Is I don't know. You know, I don't think a coach is going to come in here and just say, let's run it back. Let's run right. it back. So um, lots of uncertainty in the future. We are searching for that light at the end of the tunnel. And if we uh, keep walking together, folks, we might just see it. I just don't know what form or fashion it will come in. We might get hit by a train, as Greg said, before that light shows up. Who knows? Well, light could be the train. Yeah, light <laughs> no. could be the train. Uh, and there might be like a, guy, a light after that train that was blocking it. So we got to get run over anyway. Yeah. The number is 252 for, two, for Tuesday's show. We'd love for you to call in at 252-228-5098. You guys got to take a breath about this week. And uh, let's circle back and get your calls in. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, you guys are what make this show go. The community we've been building. Uh, we got to keep pounding. Um and get through this. I do want to. I, I'm dabbing on somebody. I know you guys ain't dabbing on him. I'm dabbing on Zane Gonzalez in his 1970s looking kicking style. He's I. Right. Um, and big snack too. Big snack had two big plays on two and two right in a way, right right away. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. He, then he, he, it didn't matter after that. Yeah, he violently took down. <laughs> he violently took down uh, Tua there with just one yeah. hand. That was caused incredible. a fumble one time, I think, too. So it was good. Good stuff uh, from Big Snack. Other than that, everybody else, uh, let's do the ice up picks for this. Uh, no, Talent Shame. We're in the post game. Talent Shame pick. Everybody, who gets it? Go ahead, Greg. Uh,. You know what, man? I'm I'm gonna give it to Dante Jackson this game. Uh, I, I've been a big defender of Dante the whole time, and and I, you know, I, I like the guy, and he's I thought he's played really well so far, but I saw him far too many times today get beat. And I just gotta give it to Dante Jackson. CK, this one's such a hard one because there was so much failure so across the board. Yeah. Um. I uh. I gave mine to Cam Newton last week, oddly enough. For those who didn't listen, it was a reason. Um, I, I got to go. I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to Christian McCaffrey, who uh, found himself injured again. Good one. And Good a one. literal ice-up son, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, literal. So, uh, yeah, the the I, I would do that. I would give it to Christian McCaffrey. Good. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here and say uh, my towel of shame goes to none other than DJ Moore. Uh, I feel like this week, uh, or this game specifically, and the build-up to this game, I've seen enough. I am not paying DJ Moore wide receiver money. Regardless of what the outcome of this year is, I mean, unless he just freaks out and, and all of a sudden has a crazy year, even if it does, I don't know if it's enough to warrant uh, a new contract, especially when receivers are coming out more ready, more capable than they ever have been uh, through the draft. I'm just th – th today was my deciding 
point. DJ Moore is not a true number one wide receiver. We should not pay him. Uh, those two drops killed what would have been an otherwise promising opening drive. And Tony, you talked about those penalties kind of killing momentum and stuff like that. Well, when your players fail to execute early on and then you leave it in the hands of the referees, it, that that's even more of a momentum killer right there when your players do not execute. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting my towel of shame on, on DJ Moore. Can, Look, can I ask? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask real quick. With DJ Moore, you say you wouldn't pay him. Would you pay him just not as a number one receiver? Like, would you still sign him, but you, you're like not getting number, number one two. receiver? Number? No, yeah. because even, like, it, it would be the same thing as what Curtis Samuel would be, right? Like, is yeah. it going to be worth having somebody, uh, paying somebody that type of money for, at least in my opinion, um, for for that type of production? I think right now, we, I honestly, and I hate to say this because I love DJ Moore. Um, like, I think we sure need to just sell like the farm. It. I need to sell the farm. <laughs> I think... At this point in time, I think we need to sell the farm. We need to just bail out and just do what we need to do to try to survive and uh, rebuild, you know? All right. Um, my, you know, there's a lot of candidates. In fact, it's probably every single person on the team is a candidate uh, for this, from Dennis Daly to Trent Scott. That one's Trent Scott, where the dude just ran right by him and blasted Cam. It's kind of messed up. The Dennis Daly one, Cam got smashed by some white boy. Uh, with long hair, that one sucked. But I'm going back to white boys with long hair. Uh, uh, I go, I go back to Matt Fool. Man, this team just isn't getting better. Uh, Matt Rule, Matt Fool. P- prove to us you're not a fool. Prove to us you're not a fool. But there's nothing you've you done. You go back to being a two-bit nothing. But don't you ever come back here again because I'm too old to waste my time trying to train a no-good loser like you. You bum. Guys, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Post-game show. Those guys are a bunch of bums, but not us. We're here on Tuesday nights. Cody, you got anything last thing to say before we go? Tell them uh, what's coming on this week or whatever. Yeah, man. Um, so, look, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. You know I'm always talking shit, so um, hit me up. Uh, it looks like we'll probably be starting, or I will probably be starting my draft scouting process a little earlier in the year this year. I'll start to look at players. Clemson is not going to be in the playoffs. My Panthers sure aren't going to be in the playoffs, so I might as well start to look at these college players. You can find all my written work on drafttech.com, where I am the Panthers analyst. For the Carolina Panthers, I write first and second round comments for the team. Um, And then every Friday, man, you know we do the Friday free-for-all. That's your opportunity to come on the show. Cat calls, you can leave a message. For Friday free-for-all, you can come on the show yourself, give your opinions, talk to Panther Nation about anything that's on your mind relating to the Carolina Panthers. Join the cult of free-for-all, baby. And, um, yeah, that's it for your boy. Another disappointing day. CK, where can they get after your streams? Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook Gaming, uh, Codizzle Allen. And, uh, you know, just out here playing games. Um, and uh, just follow me all the socials. You know, we'll we'll get it done. I, I'm going to try to start doing a little bit of games I've, uh, the Panthers. 
What's that? I know, right? I, well, I've been uh, I've been a little bit uh, same thing with the uh, Madden simulation. I've been obviously super busy, so I've had a hard time uh, keeping up with a little bit, little of it. But um, my training as the as of December will uh, be officially over, so I'll be officially in a better capacity to be able to do some of that stuff. Um, so uh, just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, uh, Greg. Um, as people are trying to find entertainment outside of this cruddy football world, where can they find it? Uh, they can find it on Netflix right now in the form of Arcane, which is one of the best shows. Yeah. Uh, check me out on Super Civil Service Podcast on Friday nights. Uh, Cody's been on the last couple of weeks talking about some really fun stuff. Uh, we cover any kind of media, not media, yeah, really any kind of media, books, uh, movies, television shows. We have suggestions for people that stuff they want us to cover. We'll cover that. And uh, there's been a big following from the Panthers, C3 Panthers podcast coming and checking it out lately. And I appreciate that. It's really, really cool. Uh, I think we're going to cover some Stargate for 10 Tizzy here pretty soon, but uh, we'll see what's up, man. But check us out every Friday night live. Uh, we talk about it, just about everything. And then audio drops Mondays on any podcast of your choice. I watched uh, the new Venom last night. Um, all right. Now let's get out of here um, with a little. Cody, can you take us out of here? Thank you, bombs. Yeah. Let's go. 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 Let's go.